everyone has their limit, you know? Yeah. I'm taking another dick. Is there any limit on that? No, apparently not. Or maybe seven. I'm taking another dick. 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 I've had seven dicks inside of me. There you go. <laughs> it was it's seven, apparently. <laughs> That's the number. I love using that loop function now. It's awesome. <laughs> Until you play them all at the same time, then it sounds demented and yeah. horrible. I'm taking another dick. 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 Every time I hear the come into me, there's a church on my way to work, and it says come on to me. Come on to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that always, that's what I think about at first. You just see Jesus. It's a statue of Jesus in this arms out. <laughs> it's the first thing I think of. Old Holy Spirit, come on to me! <laughs> and with that, we're going to start this show. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Garbage people. Cinema Psyops. My personal view is that it's nauseating, disgusting, degrading, ghastly, sleazy, cruelly and wildistic and generally nauseating. They are unbelievably nauseating. They are the antithesis of humankind. I regard them as disgusting, nasty, horrible, without any kind of merit. I just do not believe that any allegedly cultural activity which strikes at the roots of culture is to be applauded. They represent nothing to my mind enduring, decent, or worthwhile. I just do not believe that they contribute anything worthwhile to inflict themselves upon society at large. I would like to see somebody very, very large, exceedingly deep hole and drop the whole bloody lot down it. You know, I think uh, the whole world will be busting through by their total and utter non-existence. Cinema Psyops with Hawks and Matt. Listen up, punks. You're listening to Cinema Psyops, covering once again the Death Wish franchise. Maybe not be some of my finest work, but certainly some of the work that people know me best from. And this week, I got another me in the studio. How's it going, me? Hey, Pally. How are you? I'm okay, Pally. How are you doing today? Oh, uh, my stomach hurts, so no dice. Uh, why would your stomach need dice? How else am I supposed to vomit greatness without some dice, some poker chips, and in a little scotch, and eat a cigar. Clearly you are an inferior clone of myself and should be eliminated, Pally. Probably right, Pally. That's how I'd view a Bronson clone. He would know. It's like, I'm defective. Time to take me out of the mix. I don't deserve the breath I have. (laughs) (laughs) Give it to another clone. Maybe Uh, one that's better. Okay, so we mentioned it last week and I just want to kind of clear the air about it. I'm pretty sure the Death Wish 2 is the one that everybody thinks about. I think so. Yeah. Because when I watched it like this time around, I'm like, yeah, this is the one I think everyone remembers. Everybody remembers, yeah. This is the one that has, you know, this one goes, like the original Death Wish is more kind of like a, I hate saying it this way, but more like an actual movie where Death Wish (laughs) 2 is more like a, a it's a canon film. film. It's a canon film. Well, yeah, There's a reason I mean, why it is the way 
There's even some cheesy lines right before big time murders, shit like that, you know? Because it's a canon film. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah. it just, it's like Death Wish 1 was like this actual movie where all the other Death Wishes after this become like action films. No, they're exploitation films. Oh, well, that's pure and simple. They crank up the exploitation, definitely. The reason that I mentioned that is because when I posted that we were doing just Death Wish, I got a lot of quotes from people in the various groups when I was posting the last episode. Mm -hmm. And most of them were quotes from Death Wish 2. Well, Death Wish 1 isn't very quotable. Not really. I mean, this one is very Unless quotable. you want to quote Jeff Goldblum's like, yeah. hey, mother. Hey, mother. You going to get someone a mother got. We want the cash, mother. Come on, mother. Yeah, if unless you're going to do that shit, there's yeah. not really a lot of memorable Charles That's Bronson lines. That's still pretty gross. So. He's pretty shut down in the first one. Yeah. I mean, only really talks a little bit. And all the memorable lines are like when he's in Arizona talking with yeah. the, the developer guy. I mean, the daughter almost talks more than he does in the first one. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah a little bit. You're going to find these guys that raped and murdered my women? Well, you know, I don't want to give you false hope, but we'll do what we can. So there's no chance. No dice. No chance, huh? No dice. No dice. <laughs> We're going to have to take a trip to Bronson, Missouri by I the know, time we sometime. get to like number five or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just Bronson, Missouri? Yeah. All right, let's stop beating around the bush and talking about uh, part yeah. two. Let's just freaking take the break. We're going to play a little bit of music from Death Wish 2. I found the Jimmy Page soundtrack out there. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was another... It was uh, so amazing to see Jimmy Page is the one who did the music for this. Yeah. Oh, how the quote-unquote mighty have fallen. Yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's not very fucking good. No, it's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> but I found an actual rip from an actual vinyl that somebody put up on YouTube, and I broke the tracks out of that to use for tonight, so... Alright. Yeah, we're gonna have actual, authentic, digitized vinyl sound. I, I fucking... I'm, I'm in for it, man. <laughs> Let's just get fucking high as a kite and just zoom out into the stratosphere on this. Uh, uh, no, we're going to take a break. Oh, going to play a promo for another podcast. Okay. We're going to have Jimmy Page's subpar music from the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And when we come back, we will have the trailer from Death Wish 2, The Canon Years. Hey, did you guys ever notice that podcasts talk about the same movies over and over again? Yeah, as much as I love Friday 13th, I don't need another show telling me how good it is. Exactly. Same thing goes for Halloween. It's a great movie, but come on, there's other stuff out there. There should be a show that highlights movies that everyone else seems to skip over. Like, oh, I always wanted to talk about Absentia. And I want someone to cover the room. The Skeleton Key's a good one. Then let's just do one. We can call it The ABCs of Hidden Horror, and we'll go through the alphabet talking about our favorite horror flicks that get ignored. Great idea! I know what my first one's going to be. Join Brian, Dave, and me, Jamie, for the ABCs of Hidden Horror on the Horrorphilia Network, where we might discuss some of your neglected favorites or introduce you to something new. The when the windows show the losers in the Together. 
Yeah, I could have, like, just told you that this wasn't Jimmy Page. Yeah, and I would never have known. Yeah, it wouldn't have really fucking mattered. It just sounds like any other generic 80s yeah. music. Yeah, it's bad. With, like, occasional guitar solos that are kind of okay, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I think you're giving it credit because Jimmy Page a little bit. You try to... No, no. I care nothing about Jimmy oh, Page. okay. I have no love for Led Zeppelin like everybody else does. Oh, nice. You know what I do have some love for, though? What's Matt? this? This trailer. It's a stairway to the trailer. It happened once before. Some muggers followed my wife and daughter home from the market. It's about to happen again. The police there got a very good description of the muggers, too, but it didn't do any good. We do what we can. And so does he. Is this your daughter, Mr. Kersey? Mr. Kersey, is that Carol? When murder and rape are the crimes, Bronson is the only punishment. Charles Bronson, Death Wish 2. There's something else you should know, sir. Paul Kersey now lives in Los Angeles. Oh, my God. Now you tell me there's a vigilante out there. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I do. Well, you're going to meet him. He killed nine people in New York City four years ago. The people he killed were muggers. He became a hero. What did he look like? He was... Uh... He was a very good citizen, that's what he was. That guy saved our lives, damn it. Where the hell were you guys? Giving out parking tickets? When violence rules the city. When the police can't stop it. One man will. His way. Watch out! Charles Bronson. Goodbye. Death Wish 2. He's doing it for you. Death Wish 2. He's doing it for you. Death Wish 2. Electric Boogaloo. Wait. No, we're not doing wait, that one anymore. Wait, wait, wait. Back in the city. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Death Wish 2. Back in the city. Uh, well, anyway, all those, uh, the entire trailer was all my clips, so we're done for the night. <laughs> We can just go home. No, we can't. No, we can't? No, I want a dissertation on the extended, unrated version of the rape scene, and I need everything described in detail, frame by frame. No, fuck you. You fucking made us listen to it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to describe the attack. Mine was a lot less eventful than the Oh one my god, the... this one's just yeah. horrendous. Okay, All right. I want to point it out, too. Yeah. We watched the unrated cut, not the theatrical cut. Oh, it's from the latest Scream so Factory it's, yeah, version. So it's a little worse. Oh, it's significantly it, it's worse. It's way better. I mean, I, it's way bad. Yeah, there's at least ass-eating cut out of the theatrical version. Yeah. <laughs> These thugs are pretty weird dudes. Yeah, they are not normal. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're cartoon characters, so yeah. it's okay to murder them. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, it was okay to murder them after they did what they did, I guess. <laughs> Yikes. Just based on the sunglasses some of them are wearing alone, it's okay to murder them. <laughs> exactly, right? It's time to die, motherfucker. Larry Fishburne needs to die. By the way, I can call him that in this because he went by Larry. Fishbird in this movie. <laughs> a little less formal. It's like you know him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, that was the name he went by. He didn't change it to Lawrence Fishbird until later. All right. So we begin the movie with a news report of destiny, if you will. And that is our very first clip. This is KABC Radio. I'm Jerry Nichols. Latest crime statistics released today show an alarming rise in violence. In the last five years, homicides in Los Angeles County are up 79%. Robberies are up 68%. Aggravated assault, another violent crime, shows an increase of 59%. Rapes have increased 61%, and lesser crimes are up too. Today, I spoke to Los Angeles Police Commissioner Herman Baldwin. The fear of crime has brought a deterioration of our community. It's almost as if we've been struck by enemy bombs. The number of citizens killed and maimed 
by criminal violence has produced in me a great and personal resolve. The only way we're going to win, make no mistake, this is a war. The only way we'll win is by assuming the offensive. Positive policing is the answer. We've got to deploy all our resources. Criminal violence will destroy our community. But what are the resources needed to diminish the alarming rise in crimes? There are those who say heavier prison sentences and an increased police facility are enough. That literally is the opening credits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was important. It is a news report of destiny. We now see Kersey and he's living in LA and he's an architect for a radio station. He and his uh, girlfriend, Jerry, will be going to pick up his daughter from the mental hospital. Don't know if you noticed or not, but the lady playing his girlfriend in this, uh-huh. you knew who that is? No. His real life wife. Oh, really? Yeah, Jill Ireland. Ah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how nice. Yeah, so any horrible things that you would have to say about her, you might want to etch a sketch from your notes. Well, actually, I didn't. Oh. So there you go. There well, you go. I'm, okay. I'm just fine anyway. Yeah. But who's going to get me? Who do you think, Pally? Isn't he dead? <laughs> it's the love of my life. You don't think I won't come back from the dead to fuck you over for messing with my woman? That's true. That's true. He would do it. So, all right. But anyway, I didn't have anything bad in there anyway, so we're fine. Good. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually doing okay. Um, his, <laughs> At least notes-wise. Yeah, right. His uh, housekeeper, Rosario, mentions how much his daughter ate last time she was there, and uh, Paul pretty much says it's, uh, you know, because of her cooking and stuff. So it seems like his daughter's getting somewhat better. She's making trips, you know, to see him. He's obviously moved his daughter from the New York area to L.A. following him, so I yeah. guess her husband is left to the dust it doesn't care anymore more than likely paul kersey found him committing some type of a crime and just used it as an excuse to get him out of their way yeah true the insurance money was then used to make sure that his daughter was transported safely over to la by way of chicago where paul kersey momentarily lived before moving out here is it weird the voice you're using right now is my entire inner monologue for like ever <laughs> <laughs> well i mean there's a lot of stuff that they kind of skip over and they just kind of i mean like, you just kind of assume yeah i mean you assume the husband already was kind of giving up on her towards the end of the movie. Yeah, but if she's okay enough to be able to shake her head and nod and respond and walking around, mm-hmm. she's just kind of uncomfortable with talking, but we'll talk a little bit here and there. Yeah. That's a hell of a lot of progress, considering that she was so catatonic that you could pick her up, hug her, and she would stay there, and you'd have to lay her back down before she would move. Yeah, well, she's going to enjoy those catatonic times, I guess. Uh, <laughs> things or, get or worse. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, Paul inquires. He's at the mental uh, hospital. And he inquires about his daughter's uh, condition, and that is our next clip. Has there been any progress this week, doctor? Nurse tells me she asked for dinner on Thursday night. That's the fifth week running. She said a few words. Ah, that's not much after two years. Will she ever come back to me? Will she ever be normal again? You're her father, Mr. Kersey. You can only give her your love and your prayers, too. Uh, love and prayers, the Republican health care plan. There you go, folks. Yeah, and we've seen how that resolves everything, sending out thoughts and prayers that makes everything better. Oh, you got cancer? Mm, thoughts, thoughts and, and prayers. prayers. Thoughts and prayers. No, 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 no need to work on a cure, just thoughts well, and wait, prayers. Wait, wait, are you a rich white guy? Then we, we have the cure for cancer for you. Yeah, you ground up several you, hundred thousand dollars and inject it. Yeah, are you, thank you, South Park episode about Magic Johnson with AIDS, that's great. Are you anybody else in the world? Yeah, that's, that's not thoughts South Park. 
that was that was fucking science, man. Was that? Yeah, that's science. That was based on science. <laughs> all you have to do is inject several hundred thousand dollars, and you're cured. Well, we all have that just lying around, <laughs> right? Oh, well, you man. should. I mean, don't you have a health savings account? Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers, Matt. Thoughts and prayers. Um. Anyway, they uh, take Carol to a fair. There's a bunch of kites, and Paul mentions how he remembered she used to like him. She seems to be having a good time. She's smiling a lot. She's yeah. nodding her head, and it's almost like she's regressed to pre-speaking child. Yes. Almost like she, a toddler kind she of. She seems very much childlike here, where she's actually, you know, you, you almost forget she's an adult woman who had a husband at one point. <laughs> you know, she seems very much like a child here. Yeah. So yeah. I um, think it's just them just trying to come up with an excuse to have his daughter back in just so something could happen to her, just so Paul yeah, just, could Just so something spray. else bad can happen, yeah. I remembered how much you like kites, so I decided to bring you to this festival of two kites. <laughs> <laughs> but lots of dirt bags. There's lots of dirt bags and lots of various tchotchke shops where you can pick anything from this one table. Yes, and in fact, as Carol and Jerry looking to buy a crystal figurine, Paul says he's going to go get some ice cream. Uh, he walks past our... Actually, Pally, I said I was going to go get her some ice cream, but uh, it was just an excuse for me to get some ice cream. That's right. I like my ice cream. Deal with it. <laughs> he likes his ice... I like my ice cream like I like my justice. Ice cold. Preferably chunky monkey. <laughs> Maybe with sprinkles on top. <laughs> I'll take justice with sprinkles for two. <laughs> oh, oh, it's good we can laugh now. <laughs> gonna have to because it ain't gonna be laugh worthy later. Enjoy it now because uh, it's gonna towards get... the bottom of my first page it's gonna get real fucking dark. <laughs> real fast. Real fast too. I mean this movie I, I gotta say goes from like zero to 150 miles per fucking insane hour real quick. They crank the rape up to 11 real fast. Yeah real fast. Like zero to 11 on the rape meter. Yeah. <laughs> anyway so as Paul walks past our aforementioned uh, uns savory characters. Uh, Paul, Do you have any nicknames for these guys? I don't have any yet. I have their names, actually. I actually wrote down their names. So. Oh, la-di-da, look yeah. at you. I know, I looked I, them up, so I, I had their names. character names. I just nickname them something when I'm referring to them. Well, we have uh, one of them, <laughs> Larry Fishburne, who wears the fucking dumbest sunglasses. I actually would call him Laser Eye. <laughs> <laughs> Gazer Beam? Yeah, laser, yeah, that's right. Taser G- Beam. Gazer Beam. Gazer Beam. Yeah, yeah Gazer Beam from uh, The Incredibles, because that's what he's wearing. That's what they look like. One of them is back fro because he just has a back fro and he's balding up front and no one's buying it, buddy. No one. I was calling him Scullet because that's what yeah, it looks like. A Scullet. Scullet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could call uh, Larry Firstburn's character instead of Gazer Beam. We yeah. could call him Rapey LaForge. Rapey LaForge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he just died funny. a little inside. It's funny, but it hurts. <laughs> just died a little inside. I, I saw it. It's over. God. All right. So anyway, uh, Paul can already tell that these guys are nothing but trouble. Kind of got make, a nose for that kind of thing, Pally. They kind of make a scene, and they're able to not really. Ru- they bump into Paul a lot and steal his wallet. They make his wallet because he's still baiting people to come mug him. I think he's so, fucking yeah. asking for it because all the he time. looked at him. He could tell there's trouble, and then he's taking out his wallet like in deliberately flashing it. He's looking to fuck some people up. And he puts it in his jacket pocket, which is the easiest pocket of all pockets to pickpocket. That's right. Even though it's a members only jacket. Hey, uh, Pally, you don't hey. belong in my coat pocket. It's for members only. Hey, are you a member? I don't think so, Pally. You don't get to wear this coat, pal. Hey, the man at the door should have told you. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, he's anyway, he's still in that mode. He's still yeah. doing that. Whether it's subconscious or not, he's baiting them for trouble. Well, anyway, he gives chase and catches up with one of them. Uh, this one flashes a knife before Kersey uh, just pretty much beat the ever-loving shit out of him for daring to give him a, you know, brandish a knife at him. He disarms him with a cardboard box. Yeah, and then punches him. Yeah, he beats the living fuck he out of him. beats the fuck out of him. Slams him up against the walls he says a couple he wants times. His, he wants his uh, goddamn wallet back and he goes, I don't have it. So one of the other... He goes through his pockets too and makes sure that the guy's not yeah. holding it anywhere. One of the no other no good nicks got it. Yeah, well he pickpocketed it and handed it off to somebody else yeah. and then he was the, the wild goose chase so the guy wouldn't get his wallet back even if he did get him. Well, he comes back and lies to the girl saying he forgot his wallet and then they're going to go sailing on his friend's sailboat. Quick question for you. Uh-huh. Did you notice that his daughter never paid for that glass figurine unless his girlfriend paid I for it for her? I think his girlfriend paid for it. I okay. just don't think he saw it. Because they just walk away from the fucking table and she still has a hold of it. That's true. In Kersey's world, his daughter should be shot right now. <laughs> she, I mean, she's kind of a mugger right now. <laughs> she's a thief. She is. He's killed people for less in the New York. Well, anyway, she grabbed a little crystal cat, by the way, just to let everyone know that, too. Because it kind of, it, it's not so much important, but the, the, the figurine's kind of important because... He grabbed the table by the pussy? Yes, by the crystal pussy. Ooh, fancy. Fancy. <laughs> Very fancy. But Jerry can't go because she has an interview with a senator. Um, now, one of the biggest things here is she actually looks at Paul and she goes, so you're going to tell me what really happened? Paul goes, what do you mean? And she was like, you don't ever forget anything. But you didn't forget your wallet. And he was just like, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, it's fine. Yeah, his uh, prospective girlfriend here is not dumb. No, she's a very smart lady. Almost like she's an investigative journalist of some sort. Yeah, like highly intelligent and all that. <laughs> Dumbest thing she ever did was fall in love with Kersey, whose heart is only in vigilante justice. I've got room for two loves in my life. Justice and vigilanteism. And but you not, ate either of them. And not in that order. <laughs> we can still snuggle. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Buckle up, because shit. All right, we're going back at Paul's place, and the gang busts their way into his house. They use the address from the wallet to yes. make sure they have the right one, yep, they... because the one guy he roughed up is looking for a little vengeance. Yes, the guy he roughed up wants, wants a piece of him. I'm getting told that. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> well, that all happens before they break in. Yeah, well, they find out, yeah, all that. But it, it more ties into during the whole wait, that, that guy really makes it clear he wants to teach him a lesson. He's waiting for the man to come home. Right. Because he's sitting there. Yeah. But it's sort of in the... I don't blame you if you forget that part, because I sort of want to blank out this entire sequence of events myself. It's, but I didn't, so I could take accurate notes for this fucking show. <laughs> By all means, continue. Yeah, great. Let's see how accurate they are. Anyway, they uh, throw a result down and begin tearing away at her bottoms. Where do they throw her down at? Uh, over a couch at first. Okay, uh, not very and, detailed, um, are you? What? <laughs> not yeah. very detailed, are you? What? Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> they threw her down. Who cares what it's odd? Well, because there's two different rooms there's that There's two different rooms. Soon. All right, well, this happens in the living room on the couch, the first one. Anyway, they begin to violently rape her and also... <laughs> uh, that, well, one guy starts eating her ass. Yeah, well, that first, yeah. At least that's what I think he's doing. That's what he's doing. And then... <laughs> Then, <laughs> then they start the, the, the raping. Ugh. Well, no, the raping started the minute her clothes got That's ripped true. off. Um, they start whipping her with a belt, which is freaking senseless. I believe Not they, in the living room. Are they, they, they not doing her, it? They, I thought I could hit hear them doing it. They, they hit her once or twice yeah. in the living room with the belt. Yes. When she was screaming to get her to shut up, and then they gagged her. Yes. Right as the other guy climbed on top of her. The one that's been looking for the vengeance that got roughed up climbs on top of her.
of her and starts raping her right there on the couch. Yeah. Um, then they throw her into the bedroom. Well, the main guy that's in charge, the big tall guy that's yeah. like the, the big boss or whatever, grabs the one guy off of her and says that if they're going to do what they're going to do, they should drag her into the bedroom because they want to keep it quiet for the living room. Yeah. Clearly, you're way too traumatized to describe no, this. No, I was getting into it. I just... Getting into it. Uh, no, I'm getting into the notes of it. But oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ, You're just admitting man. a lot of important details, though. Well, I don't think that's all that important. That they, That's why they decided to do that. But well, It's important because it establishes who's the guy in charge uh, well, of this particular yes. group or who's the who's the head honcho. Yes. Nirvana is the head honcho. That's his name. <laughs> yeah, I know. Back fro's name is Nirvana. <laughs> he does have a back fro. He has a back fro. <laughs> and a crowbar. <laughs> At one point, I was calling him crowbar until I looked it up. Yeah. yeah. He's back fro the crowbar. His real name is Charles Winslow in the movie. Yes, it is. Anyway, and then they get her on the bed, and then they Lawrence Fishburne start getting his action in. Well, that's where they start. Beam. That's where they start whipping her while and the then, one guy well, he's is doing it, and he's they're whipping her. Yeah. And, and then, then we go back out, and then that scene where the guy who got beat up by Paul is sitting there, and he and he's like, "We can't hang here." You know, one of the other guys like, "We can't hang here all day." Yeah. You know, we just can't. He goes, "I'm waiting until the man comes home." You know, so he can give him some payback. He goes, "We just have to be patient." And uh, that's when another guy comes out and talks to Backfro and says, hey, you want you want next? And he's like, is there anything left? And that's just fucking gross. And the other guy says there's a little. Yeah. There's a little. Yeah. And so he comes in the room, undoes, and they pull her off the bed, force her onto her knees, and force her to give her oral, which is just horrendous. You also skipped over a lot more in the unrated cut. There's even more. What do you mean? Lawrence Fishburne is whipping her while the one guy is, I think, I just was talking about anally. that. Yeah. And then when he's done, the other two guys hold her down so Lawrence Fishburne can rape her and the one guy grabs her legs and the other guy's holding her arms down and the guy's holding her legs and pulling her towards Lawrence Fishburne so oh, he doesn't I didn't have think to do I need to work. go into that much level of detail about it's the rape. It's fucking horrendous. I, I mean, thought just saying how horrendous where, it is it was bad. There's scenes where they're fucking spitting on her. Yep. They're whipping her with shit. The whipping part they was like the most like, right there. Like backhand her down onto the bed and like well, and then they punch like grab her in the face and shit. Force her down on the ground like that in front of back fro. Yeah. And you're just like. It's gruesome. It's ugh. fucking horrific. Yeah. I can see why they had to cut this out for the theatrical well, no run. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you get away with that. Can I? Most of it is gone. Almost every single portion of that in the theatrical cut, the, yeah. the stuff that you see in the theatrical cut is significantly I don't think they less. ever go into that bedroom in the theatrical no, cut. No. You want to hear what's really fucked up? Because I saw in the theatrical, the only one I've ever seen. That's why this one fucked me up. Because I was like, I thought I was prepared for it. Yeah. I didn't know I was getting Mr. Unrated version over here. <laughs> the unrated version of Death Wish 2 was hard to come by for the longest time anyway. I think there was just a DVD of it. It wasn't until yeah. Shout Factory put it out. But what's really fucked up is the cable edit of this movie mm -hmm. actually has some of this stuff put back in it for time. Wow. But they take out the nudity and some of the other stuff, but the, the rape stuff and some of the beating is the same. You know, I remember catching this once on cable, and they left in a surprising amount and just blurred it. And that was yeah. back before they cut it. They just blurred stuff, yeah. you know, and just yeah. like, fuck That's it. how I first saw fuck it. Fuck it, it's TNT at noon on a Sunday. Yeah. Here's some rape for the family. It's like this. <laughs> but it's blurred, so it's okay. It's, it was this movie and um, End of Midnight where it was the same thing where they left a lot of stuff in. They just bleeped out the swear words and blurred out the most horrific nudity. Nice. But the rape scene was pretty much intact for the padding out for the two-hour mark in the cable version that I saw.
saw. Yeah, it's... Um... <laughs> I like how you're like, I took detailed notes, and then you're like, I'm just not going to say any I'm of just, it. Just, I, ugh. <laughs> mm. It's okay for you to be offended and grossed out by it, but you need to detach yourself just enough to get through it when you talk well, about it. I'm the getting notes. through it. I'm getting through it. I'm talking about it. I mean, there's some... Yeah, are you some, some, uh, I am, uh, No, you're not. Uh, yeah, trust me, it gets worse anyway. <laughs> I can just fuck it. Listen, we're not even halfway through the most horrific parts of this, so... Fair enough. Uh, well, actually, we are kind of halfway through because now we jump to Paul and his daughter are on their way home and they walk into the door and uh, Paul is uh, sees two, uh, the guy who he beat up and then uh, one other guy and then behind him is Backfro, uh, uh, Rapey LaForge, and, <laughs> and uh, what are the other guys? Well, the two that are in the front are the guy with the shaved head that has the skullet. Yes. And the guy that he beat up. He yes. sees them first then the other three come running out from the bedroom because they just finished so forcing So he's able to knock out him. two of them before the others are able to overpower him and beat the ever-living shit out of him. Well, he gets a crowbar to the head. Yeah, like, yeah. And that that's puts what him saying. down for the count. But, I mean, yeah. he, he took two out before the crowbar even was able to connect, which was pretty good. I mean, <laughs> he, he launched in there and they don't know anything. Anyway, Rosario, being of some sound mind, is trying to reach for the phone. But being beaten like yeah. she was and in, in, in bad a shape as she's in. Well, anyway, Backfro sees Drops this. it. No, she drops it and he yeah, hears it. Yeah, she drops it and hears it and he turns around. He says, oh shit. Now, he they don't even know if she's called yet, though. Yeah. So this is partly why Paul is kind of, is this what saves Paul's life? Because they don't know if she called and then dropped the phone. So Backfro whips her right in the fucking head with a crowbar, killing twice. her. Yeah. He is hits, it twice? He I hits her once, once and then she's kind of rolling around and then he hits her. He does a coup de gras to kill her. Does he do a coup de gras? See, yeah. in my version, he didn't do a coup de gras. You watched Are the you same sure? version. Yes. Because I saw he hit her. He hit her. He hit her once to knock her away. And then she fell. He hit her once to knock her away and then he hits her again and then mm. she gets up and falls over dead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he kills her. And uh, then he says, okay, we don't have, we got to go. We don't have any time. And then they're kind of, and poor Carol's just sitting there, just kind of went into a different area. Hopefully she stayed there for a while. Um, <laughs> but they grab her because it was like, she can make us, you know, the Her cops. exact words are, she can finger us. Yeah, she can finger us. And there considering one of them likes to eat ass, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if they want her to literally finger them. Yes, pretty much. So they grab Carol and they escape. After all of this, we cut to Jerry's interview with the senator, and that is our next clip. There is only one truth about the use of the death penalty. Why do we kill people who kill people to show that killing is wrong? Thank you, Senator. That was Senator Robert McLean, and this has been News Desk, brought to you by KABC Los Angeles. I'm Jerry Nichols. Fuck that. After seeing most of this, I'm for the death penalty. I enjoy the death penalty. <laughs> well, that's essentially what all the Death Wish movies are for. They're to get you on the side of right wing, like, like I said, man, fantasies. I really want to know. Like, Death Wish must have been made by a pretty hardcore Republican. Michael Winner, the director of the first three. Yeah, he's a horrible human being. Oh, is he? Oh, he's a piece of shit. Oh, there are some nightmare stories that you'll hear on the documentary Electric Boogaloo about Canon Films. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Really real serious horror stories. Wow. Including part three, which I'll be doing next week. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was a real prick. So a lot of the abuse that was happening towards women in his movies, it's like he kind of liked watching Aww. from what I can tell. What a gross man. And what I've heard about him from various interviews and things. He was a horrible human Bronson being. Bronson should have beat the shit out of him. Bronson worked with him a lot though. There's a mm. lot of fucking movies he did with Michael Winner. So. Maybe you just didn't know. Uh, what a hope. Yeah, you do, but you just never know, man. The <sighs> Me Too movement has made me feel like everybody's a fucking scumbag. Yeah, right? Including you. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, if anything, it's made me feel better about myself, which is really that's weird. That's bad. That's bad. That's real bad. Those people are really bad people. <laughs> All right. So now we cut to a warehouse uh, that the gang is using to hide out in. Gazer Beam is on a swing. Gazer Beam is on a swing. Um, fucking Forehead is uh, not uh, not the back fro. This guy, I call him Forehead. He's the one with the... the one of the, Skullet. The Skullet. Yeah. I like calling him Forehead because that guy has a fucking serious forehead. <laughs> Only accented by the fact that he trimmed the rest of his hair short except for his like yeah. Muay Thai fighter hair in the back. I mean... Which he doesn't pull together. It's just hanging out like a mullet. Yeah, it just looks bad. That's why I call him Skullet. He's uh, knocking a piece of wood with a knife. He was... At first, he's carving it into like a steak Yeah, then he starts knocking in... All right, this gets really fucking weird. Anyway, one of the... And now I'm starting to see like what you're talking about with this director because <laughs> not for nothing, they cut this to see way ro- way more romantic than it should have been. <laughs> And it highly made it way more disturbing for me to watch. Well, to these guys, because she didn't say no, she's saying yes, Ugh. is how they're looking at it. Yeah, no. She, okay, anyway. Let's just fucking, I don't care how they look at it. Um, <laughs> well, at least that's how it's filmed. I'm not going to defend it. This no. scene is actually, in some cases, worse to me than the last one. Yeah, so he, uh, one of them guys lays her down, says he's going to he's gonna fuck her. And he's, I mean... He looks at her leg first. Yeah, and then he, he, he kind of touches her ankle a little bit. And then and he grabs starts, her boob. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he moves in and he, un- he, you know, he undoes her shirt and, you know, he takes her, her, her underwear off and then he begins raping her and then he like really mouth rapes her boob and they really center on that a lot. And that is just like, <laughs> fuck, can you just not movie? He's on that like he's nursing it. Yeah. And yeah. it is so fucking disturbing. All this time, Carol has the most far away look. She is, you think she's just canatonic at this point. You think she's now there's, she's definitely gone. Like she'll never come back from anything. She'll just lay there forever. If you don't have the context from the other film, you just think she's yeah. a mentally disturbed girl who doesn't know what's happening exactly. to her. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, like I said, he tries to make it like really slow and like everything goes rhythmic with the one guy hitting the wood and Well, the worst of it is the leering rapey, disgusting yeah. looks that they all give they're while all they're like looking at They're all like staring at him doing it and rapey LaFord just swinging back and forth and you just want him to fall off that swing and break his neck and then fucking die of the worst ass cancer They do a close-up of him like licking his lips yeah, while he's doing exactly. it too. And then the one guy does that like ooh mouth movement uh-huh. like like he's really into yeah, it. Yeah he's really into it. Uh, it uh, yeah. Like uh, it just want them all to get dick and ass cancer simultaneously and then die that way. I thought you were going to say dick and ass. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about there for a second. I'm like this crew doesn't look like they would mind that so much. Yeah, yeah right? I don't yeah I mean you're not wrong but they would mind getting dick and ass cancer at the same time. Well who would want that? Yeah well good i don't i want them to get it though but i want them to suffer through it yeah it's pretty horrific you can tell none of them have fucking insurance they die slowly and painfully yeah well they're also it's important to point out that the only reason they're hanging out on this warehouse is for a place to lay low yeah they're just trying to lay low. this isn't like their base of operations or anything they're all bored here and the one guy's raping this woman to pass the time yeah yeah well they're going to kill her i mean you already say yeah yeah. you already know that well anyway he finishes and baby carol's not as canatonic because she just starts buttoning her shirt but you still maybe think she's catatonic it's almost like a reflex because she hasn't blinked she just is staring up and yeah. all that and then another one of the rapists the one who Paul actually beat up the first time yeah, he's looking he begins for more to payback. unbuckle he's looking like it's his turn now and Carol jumps leaps to her feet starts running uh, they give full chase full fledged fucking full sprint full like yeah. a sprint and you're like holy shit now in my mind's eye I, I think she just didn't care and she leaped out of a window and falls and gets 
gets impaled on the fence surrounding the warehouse, killing her. I don't know if it's that. I think it was now, just... Do you think she knows she's going to die when she knew she was going to die when she jumps out, or is she just trying to run? I think she knew that no matter what was going to happen, they were all going to rape her, and then she was going to kill. Yeah. So she took a shot at, I can jump out this window and see what happens here. Yeah. You know. Okay. You know what I mean? I agree with that. Like, yeah. if there's any kind of thought process left in what's going on in her mind before the next assault, I think that may have been what it was, is just looking to get away and get an escape. But I think in the filmmaker's mind, this was her committing suicide on purpose to not let any more of them harm her. Yeah. But I want to look at it, and as far as her character goes, is this is just her chance to escape. She's just going to take it. Yeah. But anyway, end uh, rape scenes. So I'll <laughs> give everyone a minute. <laughs> Smoke them if you got them. These two are the most horrific out of all of the films. Yeah. Three has some pretty horrific shit in it, but it's more like 80s comic booky feel to the way that the, the action and yeah. the, the sexual assault stuff happens. So it doesn't feel as visceral and brutal. And four has none of that. It opens with one. Does it? Yeah. And it's more of a I woman being beaten down and then he interrupts it for the crackdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But four mainly is mostly about like guns moving into a neighborhood or drugs. It's about drugs. Yeah, he's, drugs he's fighting the crack. It's yeah, literally, he's fighting crack. Yeah, he's fighting drug dealers. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, four, four kind of takes a, 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 a right turn away from yeah. all the other stuff. But and True confession here. Yeah. Five, it'll be the first time I've watched it when we cover it for this show. Five? I've never watched. Five. I've never seen five. Yeah. So it'll be a first time for both of us. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing five, aren't you? Yeah, I'm doing yeah, those yeah, for yeah. five. Yeah. But yeah, these two rape scenes are. These were hardcore, man. They're disgusting. They are gross. They really, I mean, they you sit there and you fucking, they're you're out of it for a bit because the high at least I print, was. The high def print makes it even worse. You see every piece of drool and yeah. spit and like particularly like in the scene where the guy's like sucking on her breast. Like, yeah. It goes full hardcore now, mouth over the nipple. On top of me hate, that. hating the characters, bravo to the actors who fucking pulled that off because I mean, you, you, you'll think they're all horrible human beings. They're probably good people and then you're told, okay, you have to act like the biggest scum of the earth ever. And you're set to be like, fuck, fine. I mean, I guess I'm getting muddy, but oh. I will say this. The first time I watched the film, yeah. whenever the rape stuff was happening, even though a lot of it was blurred out and put back in for the, the cable versions, uh -huh. I kept saying to myself, Cowboy Curtis, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, Cowboy Curtis? Yeah. Why? <laughs> that, what, that Lawrence Fishburne did, Cowboy yeah. Curtis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now if you watch it, you're like, <laughs> you're like Morpheus! <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Morpheus? <laughs> what program is this you're running? <laughs> Knock it off, rapey LaForge. <laughs> we cut to now, um, Jerry arrives at Paul's. Uh, her knocking and like she's trying to knock on the door, ring the doorbell. Um, her constant she has a key, but I I don't know why she wasn't using it. I think her key was for the main part of the door, and he doesn't use the deadbolt. Uh, or whenever the deadbolt gets turned a certain way, there used to be where deadbolts the keys don't work on the front whenever you do it, so it can't be picked. Oh, uh, okay. I'm yeah, guessing. it was just weird. I, she had keys and all the. In fact, there's gonna uh, be a kind of not a major scene, but an important scene where you know you know she has keys. But anyway, so we'll just say she's knocking, she's asking for Paul. This wakes him. He wakes up hearing this. He's able to get up. He opens up the door. She walks in saying, what happened? And turns around and sees a very dead, very violated Rosario and she becomes sick at the sight of it. I feel horrible for this poor actress and all the things that she had to go uh, through. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. As lead detective Lieutenant Makowitz, I'm probably butchering that name, but I don't fucking care, questions uh, Paul about his description of the attackers. Apparently Paul was very vague about the guys who he saw. Very clearly. Very clearly. And, you know, Paul never forgets a face. The vigilante can't forget a face. I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but it's just basically setting up the whole, like, yeah. he's going, like, real gangster omerta 
style because he wants to go get these guys. Yeah, well, yeah, Paul's already decided that he's gonna he's going to find these men and murder them. He's more concerned about them finding his daughter, but you think a description yes. of the men would help them find daughter? I yeah. don't understand the I whole. Think, I think way Paul he's knows that it. his daughter's dead. I think he doesn't want to say it, and he wants to. You think subconsciously he's acting like this because he knows his yeah, daughter's dead, exactly. and he's got to go into revenge mode. Yep, and he's gonna go in vengeance mode. We get some uh, nice little uh, cursey slamming the cops, you know, <laughs> slamming police work in general. Yeah, if uh, I were to done the notes, that would have been a clip. You would have been a clip, yeah. <laughs> I totally would have had a clip of him ripping into the cops. Because he ripped right into it. I gave them pretty good descriptions. Dead on. Guess where it got me? Nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he really, he's like, hey, he goes, didn't the same thing happen to you in New York City? You know, we were looking into it. Yeah, he said a really good description of it there. I gave them very good descriptions. Very vivid, very and detailed guess descriptions. Guess got me? Got us nowhere. Got us no nowhere. dice. No <laughs> dice. So, uh, the cop then gives Kersey the crystal cat found on the floor uh, that uh, Carol dropped. Yeah, uh, one of you, the men picked them up. Yeah, it, would up. you be like, isn't that evidence by now or something? Like, don't you, like, not disturb a crime scene? Meh, I think they dusted it for prints already yeah. anyway. All right. Maybe I've been watching much CSI. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that uh, CSI has ruined about this movie. We'll, we'll get into it as those <laughs> scenes pop up. Yeah. We're not quite there yet. The same police officer, Lieutenant Makowitz, comes up uh, as Kersey's talking to Gina about she's, she wants him to come back to her place and get sleep. Yeah, because, it, you know, he's got to leave his house abandoned because the guys mm-hmm. are going to be in there forever processing. Uh, yeah, exactly. And all the while, the dead body of the woman is there naked in the hallway. Yeah, still. And they're taking photos of it and that poor actress is there laying naked fucking just asshole. for a few shots. Ugh. That's Michael Winner's asshole yeah. nature for you right there. Man. Anyway, um, they uh, state that they have found Carol's body. Uh, we then see he has to identify Carol's body uh, as they, you know. They well, they tell him the that they found his daughter they and then they, they cut his to daughter the daughter. He goes, this is okay and he's not okay, Pally. Um, so then we cut to Kersey's uh, uh, at his girlfriend's place and he's looking out the window and he's kind of holding that crystal cat and it, vengeance time, table for one, time for some ass whooping. Well, first he has to center himself and find himself. Yes. So, of course. They got to they gotta mimic the other movie as yes. perfectly as they can. So they got to mimic the him and going to Arizona. Because yeah. uh, at Carol's funeral, as Kersey's uh, walking, his boss tells him not to worry about the radio building, the, any of it. And he goes, no, I'll be back. He goes, what else am I going to do? But thank you for letting me use your cabin. And so Kersey goes and it's to almost like it's it's almost like it's punched in later, so they have yeah. an excuse as to why he's there. He's like, thank you for letting me use your cabin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. His lips weren't even moving. Thank you very much for letting me use your cabin for the next two weeks. Hey, Pauline, listen, I'm so good. I don't even have to move my face when I talk. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, we get some intense wood cutting, too, during this. Can I just point <laughs> out that... chopping some wood. Can I just point out that splitting wood right next to a river where half the wood constantly goes into the river or stream is the stupidest thing you could possibly do if you want firewood? Yeah, but can you get over the views? I get why I they set it needs... up there. It was because of the view. Yeah, I and don't I think know... he needs firewood, though. I think he's just doing that just to fucking... His rage is keeping him warm at night. Well, and I think it's also just an excuse to show, you know, that at his current elderly age, yeah. Charles Bronson is still more man than either of us will ever be. Exactly. Yeah. And it's supposed to show that he's getting, like, into intense mode. Well, and he's that building up getting, muscle. Yeah. He's getting himself back he's in getting, shape. Well, he's, he's also, yeah. yeah, he's trying to blow off steam, He's too, centering probably. himself just like he would in Arizona. I just, I just, I just wrote it down. Intense woodcutting intensifies. <laughs> he does. He gets more and more extreme, and he's splitting yeah. it. And each log, half of it goes into the fucking river. It's just so stupid to set up a log splitting thing there. Oh, yeah. I'm not blaming Paul for this. Paul is just blowing off steam. I agree with you Whoever 
whoever put that there, who, whatever yeah. person in the production design or whoever owned the actual cabin or yes. put that shit like, there. That's right, cut wood. I'm going to cut wood so half of everything goes into the river. What a fucking idiot. What a shithead. So anyway, we are back now in LA and Kersey's uh, uh, dropping off some plans to the radio station boss and he sees Jerry can there. We, can we talk about the radio station plans? How he gives him all of these different options? Because well, we've seen it like two or three times make now. The decision. Right, but like he's like, you build it this way, it's $120 per square foot. Yeah. You build it this way, it's $175 per square foot. If you do it with wood, $125 per square foot. If you do it like, what was the most expensive way? Granite. Yeah. If you do it with granite, $150 per square foot. But just do it with the concrete, yeah, only was, $100 square foot. Yeah, it was like uh, steel and granite was like $175 or something yeah. like that. But then he goes with the concrete, but then his wife wants to have an archway put in. This is what he's talking about Your now. wife wanted it pretty. Well, listen, you do the you do the Italian marble, all the carvings, you did all that stuff, that's going to up your price by another 175 grand. He's like, but I've also drawn up how we could do the same thing in concrete. It'll look exactly the same. Well, he's being efficient at his job. And, and it'll be only 25 grand more, you know, or something like yeah. that. Paul Kersey's a, a tremendous architect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's very skilled at what he does his when it comes trade to... trade is very good. And he applies that very meticulous detail to his murders in to, a very beautiful way. To his way. murdering. Yeah. To his vigilantism. Yeah. Yeah. To being a serial killer. This is why you don't want to piss off anyone with OCD because they'll right. get that OCD they will fucking you. really go at it for you. Yeah, they will murderize your ass in a very detail-oriented way. She asks about plans for the night. She wants to know if, you know, if he wants to spend the night with her. And he says he isn't quite ready for social interaction yet. Uh, mainly because of this. That night, Kersey heads to downtown LA. After walking around for a bit, you know, looking at different people, you can tell he's eyeballing everybody. He, um, he's in his, uh, his suit, suit he's wearing the day. He walks into a, uh, walks by a, like a lot of fucking churches too. Like a fucking lot of street churches. Well, they're homeless shelters slash yeah. churches where you have to hear the sermon before you get a bowl of soup or That's have a right. place to sleep. He, um, walks into a, uh, thrift store and then he comes walking out with a bag and he finds, uh, uh, quite possibly the most diseased restroom I've ever seen in my entire life. Goes into a stall. Clearly you haven't been to many truck stops. Well, actually I have and it's still the worst. <laughs> you also haven't seen the shittiest toilet Gotland then. Uh, no, that one I have seen. You're right. Second worst. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Second worst. Even I've seen that movie. So yeah, yeah. second worst. Um, he walks into that uh, stall and changes into his new vigilante gear. It's kind of like a messed up Superman. What he switches into is pretty much a pea coat that's cut off instead of yes. a long overcoat that he was wearing. And then uh, a skull cap. Yeah. And uh, Which is completely useless in LA. Why is he wearing something that heavy and that warm in LA at night? You know, but all movies do this. Like, all movies are centered in LA. They always make, like, LA during the day. It's all sun and everyone has to, you know, everyone's surfing and whatever. And then every time at night, everyone's wearing, like, fucking jeans and a fucking button-up shirt and a fucking coat, like a heavy coat. Like, it's fucking, like, LA apparently goes, like, during the daytime, 95 degrees, and at night, it's 42. I could see that because that happens in the desert. Mm-hmm. Well, Once maybe it has something to do down, with being on yeah. the ocean, too. Maybe, yeah, maybe it gets really cold out there at night. Like a like a hawk coming off the ocean at you? Yeah. <laughs> The cold wind. Yeah, I know. Okay. I, I, I just like the way you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you were getting pissy because I used Chicago lingo. No, no, that's, that's fine. <laughs> as long as you're not like, rooting for their football teams or anything because that's fucking weird. Yeah, that's not going to happen because fuck sports ball. Yeah, see? He gets a seedy motel room uh, and that becomes his base of operation. I that's love a full-fledged fucking flop house. Yes, it is. No cops. No cops. Like, that's going to be it any problem. It was like 50 bucks a month for a shitty ro- uh, like, yeah. roach-infested motel 
room. But she's not even going to use sleep or anything. He's just fucking, that's where he's going to just store his murder and stuff. Listen, Pally, I changed in the second most disgusting toilet you've ever seen. You think I won't sleep in here? This room is definitely going to be something that's a lot better for me. Plus, I go in and the killer comes out. Yeah. Uh, night one is sort of a bust. You just see him kind of walk around. And maybe not so much a bust. He also might be just getting the lay of the land down there as well. Kind you also just... notice, too, when he's in the room, he won't touch anything. He's using, like, napkins yeah. or... Yeah, we won't or, leave fingerprints. Or, or, or rag or yep. whatever. It's important to note that as soon as he walks in the room, the when he turns on lamps and things like that, he's either wearing gloves or he has, like, a like a handkerchief in his hand yeah. to do it. Um, so, anyway, uh, like I said, the, the night's a bust for murdering, but he may have also not even been concerned about that. More or less, maybe trying to get a lay of the land as well, trying to see where people I'm go. I'm sure if he saw one of them, he would have killed him. He would have killed him, yeah. But yeah, LA's a big goddamn city. He's yes. probably aware that this is going to take him a while. Yes. Which is why he didn't want to give the cops a chance to pick any of them up. Uh, so anyway, the next morning, Jerry uses her own key and is able to go into Paul's place uh, to wake him up. Uh, Paul's gun is noticeably sitting right on there on the dresser. Now, luckily, it's kind of in his clothes. Right on top of his clothes. Yeah, yeah. so maybe, you know, it kind of weighs it down a little bit because it is a gun on top of clothes. And Paul's a little short with her, but he gets up and grabs his gun, goes into the bathroom. Well, he gets jumpy when she kisses him awake because yeah. he's already in battle he, mode and yeah, he's, he's not in, out of it. He's in vigilante mode. And yeah. um, also, he knows for the fact that he has a fucking gun that's just right there, you know, mm-hmm. sitting on the dress. And you know she would ask questions about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, because she's the lefty liberal like he used to be. Yes. She's actually the liberal media. If you she think is. About it. She's the liberal media. I don't know why I'm dating the liberal media. They're against all of my vigilante activity. <laughs> it's probably because she's just so damn beautiful. What can I say? I'm going to marry that girl what, in this movie and real life. What can I say? Opposites attract Pally. Um, so anyway, uh, he tells her that, you know, he is to get ready and she might as well just go about her day, uh, whatever she had planned. So she leaves and he makes a phone call to change the locks on his door. So no more getting surprised for him. Yeah, that'll work until she demands the key or no more pussy for him. Yeah, right. But he's like, I could probably phrase that a little better. Probably, but (laughs) whatever, it's there now. Michael Winters turning me into a sexist. (laughs) Hey, Pally, no one gets the jump on me twice. See here. So night two begins and uh, we see Jerry is continuously trying to call uh, Paul. Um, uh, But of course, no one's home. He is out. Uh, While he's uh, She thinks he's out catting around town and maybe cheating on him. Maybe. He's probably paranoid about that. Uh, (laughs) What else is she going to suspect that he's doing? That he's out trying to kill the guys who raped and murdered his daughter? Maybe not. Maybe, but she also might think he's like hugely depressed because I mean, she did have to wake him up out of bed during like at the middle of the day. So that might be also something she's worried about. Like, you know, he did just lose his daughter to in a violent act. People don't care about people they're dating. I'm sorry. You're totally right. What about Nobody falls in dumb. love with the people they date. I mean, come on, man. This is the real world. No, I didn't think about that. You're right. She probably is concerned about it. I mean, he did just lose his daughter and all of that, so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, while hanging out on the street, and like a little parade goes by, he uh, sees Stomper, the one who's forehead. That's his name, Stomper. Stomper's his nickname? Yeah. It's his gang name, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we're about to get rid of Stomper, because he's like my least favorite character to look at. Yeah, right? He's it's, like a mutated a- version of the Gerber baby from like a nightmare in a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, a meth-addicted Gerber, Gerber baby. baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
exactly. like a grown up meth addicted Gerber baby. Is exactly. What it looks like, yeah, good point. Um, Stomper's hanging out with a friend of his, and they meet up with two other guys, and he follows the four of them into a abandoned building. As we see, the uh, four men are making a drug sale to one another. Uh, Kersey is on the stairs where he's peeking down, and uh, his foot actually accidentally uh, slips, and it brings a can down. They all kind of they see him. Uh, Kersey's able to shoot uh, Stomper's friend dead. As he comes down, he tells the other two to go ahead and leave. I'm not here for you, scumbags. Yep. Beat your feet. Yeah, pretty much they run away. Uh, he walks up to Stomper, and after noticing the crucifix he's wearing, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to let the man himself do it in our next clip. You believe in Jesus? Yes, sir. Well, you're going to meet him. Yeah, fucking love it. When I posted in a group that we were doing the Death Wish full franchise fest, that was the quote that I got, even oh, yeah. though it was Death Wish one that we're covering. <laughs> yeah, this is, there you go. I think that might be one of the more famous lines out of, of all the Death Wish franchise. Is the Do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, you about to meet him. It's in the fucking trailer too. Yeah, right. They kind of fucking ruined it, man. If that was a theatrical trailer, it'd be like it fucking ruined all the best lines of the movie. That's what theatrical trailers do. That's why Dave Z recommends not watching them, and I follow that rule. I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, so anyway, bye shit stain. Uh, <laughs> bye. We're uh, back at the Vigilante Hotel and Kersey duct tapes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, here's the part we're talking about where he's duct taping. Yeah, he's duct taping the gun underneath the dresser. With his bare hands. With his bare hands. The gun is being held with his bare hands. The duct tape is being done with his bare hands. We've got epithelials all over yep. the place. Plus the duct tape is going to pick up all the materials and fibers from wherever else it was sitting. Oh yeah. He is putting evidence all over the fucking room right Every there. fucking where. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this yeah. is so fucking like they thought of everything but when they do this they're like you're stupid. I think by this point in time they're hoping you know the audience has seen their first kill so now they don't have to be as careful about shit. <laughs> yeah but I I don't even know why you need this scene. It had to be for padding for the movie. Yeah because. It wasn't that important because like or I would have seen like if he gets back in there goes for the gun they duct taped and that it's not there the next time and like. And, somebody and, came and somebody, took it out of the yeah, room. Yeah yeah. And it was somebody important which we'll see you'll find out later some some more people some more blasts for the past show up then I could see it I'd be like oh that's why I did it and I was waiting for that because I have a fuzzy memory of this movie yeah. not a total recollection yeah. so I was waiting I was like well oh, they maybe. all blur together anyway yeah, and maybe that happens later and when it didn't I'm like that scene made absolutely no number one because I thought like you did about no gloves so like, number yeah. one you didn't wear any gloves and number two the scene really meant fucking nothing for the movie other than he duct taped a gun there well I get the idea that what they're trying to do is he's hiding his clothes here and he changes you know when he goes wow. out to hunt and he hides the gun here maybe because last time he brought the gun home yeah, Jerry yeah. was there it's literally because he used to lock it in his office they're oh. mimicking that and now also he might also think of this now he's finally made a kill if the police find him and they can link Stomper to his case to, to his daughter's case then you know they search his home find the fucking gun yeah and the where he was keeping the gun was really fucking obvious yeah <laughs> yeah right under a little shoebox in his closet well it wasn't even a shoebox so it was, it was a, like a shoe rack the shoe rack that he up off the out. floor. Yeah. But he cut one part of it open. And you could see that. You could like, see the cut. Yeah. yeah. It was obvious. Obvious. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, so now uh Kersey's coming home and Kersey don't have time for partying. They, they ask him to 
party. Want to come join us? They're having a party in his little area or in his neighborhood. So no, no time, Pali, no dice. Enlist the people who raped and murdered my housekeeper and then raped my daughter and she fell to her death because of a result of that are here? I'm not interested. <laughs> anyway, that list is one man shorter now. So basically, sooner or later, I'll be interested again. I'll be interested in partying. I just have a few more names to get through. I've got streets to mop up here, Pally. <laughs> hey, somebody's got to be out there protecting you drunks if you're going to party all the time. And I'm like, thanks, Carson, you're the man. <laughs> the cops asked you've been here all night long. Don't worry about it, buddy. You're not exactly what the police would consider a liable with, though. Hey, just because the cops say that to me like three or four times doesn't mean you get to bring it up on the fucking radio. <laughs> Good or, thing we're not on the radio. Or the podcast or the show, whatever you want to call it. Uh, as course, he's kind of having some of his own dinner. It looks like he's having breakfast. He was eating like cereal, look like. Yeah, he's yeah. bachelor padding it. He yeah, doesn't well, have anyone to cook him tamales yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's true. And so he's got to make uh, do with what he can. So he's bachelor padding it. Uh, Gina calls him, asks him for uh, dinner, uh, uh, like I think on Wednesday night. And he goes, you know, Friday night's going to be better for me. She agrees to that. So I think gonna... it's already Wednesday and she was offering to cook him dinner that night, tomorrow night. Uh, Thursday night. Yeah, and he and was like, like, Friday would be uh, better. Because he already has plans on Thursday night. Yeah, he's going to go out and Benjamin. kill. Yeah. Uh, news about the killings is uh, finally starting to make the you know make the rounds well as uh, they report on the death of Stomper. Well, yeah, Stomper's death is being reported because it's unusual. They don't know why it ended up the way that it was. Yeah. Because there's two guys shot and there was also, clearly like an interrupted drug deal, but no money taken yeah. or drugs taken. Well, also you can tell violence and crime are the sexy news stories for that, that time for the news to pick up on and report constantly. Probably like the news of the month right now for them. <laughs> you know, as well, news goes. LA's having its own brand of crime wave just like New York was yeah. 10 years early before the sequel's made. Well, they always say New York's ahead of LA. Like, you know. <laughs> Uh, the next night, Kersey hears a, while he's, you know, walking the streets, he starts hearing a, a attack, so a woman scream, and he finds the man that he had beat up uh, and and also, you know, kind of planned the invasion of his home. Uh, or at least demanded that it happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, attacking a couple, him and uh, like four or three other guys, sorry, three other guys. It's weird that this crew that is hanging out all the way they at the splinter. beginning of the movie. Yeah, they splinter off and they're all yeah. hanging out with different people for the rest of it's the movie. It's a weird gang too because they went from like mugging a guy for his wallet to then they like they're going major drug deals and then a major arms deal as well so it's kind of like holy shit you guys really graduated up there from just stealing a wallet either that or they were just looking for kicks and they decided to mug Kersey for a I little extra so. cash yeah and they were involved in all the other stuff yeah it seems like they're like the, they might not even need the cash for the other it's like they just wanted to steal someone's wallet they might be street like shot callers for their groups and then these other ones are like the guys that are under them and they're off doing in their thing. Yeah. Really, it's just a fucking excuse to have Kersey's body count jump up in this movie. Exactly. That's all it is that they're off with all these different people. Alright, so anyway, uh, they are attacking uh, a couple and uh, as they, as two are holding the mail and beating them up, uh, the guy who Paul had beaten up and another guy throw the wife into the van. Well, the female, we don't know if she's a wife, the wife Yeah, the yeah. female, you're right. I, I, in fact, I think I wrote down female. Uh, Ruth throws the female half into the van to, of course, Raper. Well, that... the guy's undoing his pants yeah, as the other guy drives. He her says in. he's going to take real good care of her. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, fuck. Here we go again, movie. Yeah. Well, anyway, Paul shows up, and as they're beat, as the two men outside are beating the shit out of the male half, Paul kills them pretty fucking easily. Just blows them both away. Yeah. Quick shots. They're down. Um, I like how he repositions himself and waits for the guy to come out of the van yeah. to be able to pop more shots. One, the one guy who went in the van, not, not the guy who attacked Paul and his family, but the other guy who went 
went into the van with that guy. He actually hops out and gets away scot-free. Um, and during some cross-shooting, the male of the the male half of the couple gets shot in the leg. It wasn't Kersey who shot him, though. No, no, guy. it was the other guy shooting. He was he, he and he did enough suppressing fire that Kersey couldn't get a straight shot off. Yeah, but he got away. He got away. Kersey wasn't there for him but, anyway. Yeah, Kersey doesn't care because he uh, wasn't. Although one of the... that kind of guy would be the t- perfect kind of guy that Kersey would kill. Anyway. Yes, he would. Yes. Yeah. Um. In by the way, the one in the van, his name is Jiver. <laughs> he went by Jiver. He went by Jiver. So Jiver comes out holding the uh wife or the, the female half uh, as a hostage. It's pretty much a human shield. Uh, Just an excuse to have more boobs bouncing around after. Yeah, because she is. Assaulted. Her shirt's been. Her dress has been ripped because it's fucking Michael Winter. Yeah. And anyway, as he for some reason Jiver has a perfect human shield, and Kersey can't get a shot off for some reason. Jiver throws her down. Um, I can tell if she did something to him or he got to the point where he thought he was just enough out of range yeah. that he could take off. Well, he throws her down, turns around to take off and Kersey's able to get a shot right into his ass. And then uh, Kersey goes chasing him and he follows his blood pretty much, the blood stains, into what seems to be another warehouse. Nothing but fucking warehouse town. This is Kersey actually showing some of the history of him learning how to hunt with his dad. Yes. Because he does look down, he notices the blood trail he's, and he knows. He's following a wounded animal. And he knows how far to go. Like you can actually yeah. see he's judging how far to go before the next blood spurt should hit the ground too yes. before he looks down. It's pretty awesome. Also, right before Paul follows him, he picks up the other gun yeah, that was on the ground. Because he's running low on bullets. Yeah, so from he that. Has, and now he has two guns. He's devil is dangerous. That's what happened. The guy was firing suppressing fire. Yeah, and then Kersey dro- yeah, yeah. got another good shot off that made him drop that gun. Yeah. I think Kersey did he did get he hit. might get him. I, yeah, like, he Kersey, shot him, but the guy ran off and he got away. Yeah, he shot the guy, I think, in the hand. That's why he dropped the gun. Yeah. And that's why he ran away, though. Because it wasn't anything life threatening because he was able to run pretty fast still. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, Kersey's kind of, you know, looking around this area. Um, he's in front of this whole thing of boxes, and we see Jiver in a forklift, and Jiver runs through all the boxes trying to just topple him over onto Kersey. Who leaves a fucking forklift in an abandoned warehouse? I don't like think it was that. an abandoned, because there was a whole bunch of boxes in there. Uh, so that was a usable warehouse, I think. It, uh, it's filler. The whole yeah. fucking scene the whole is just filler. filler. It was just an so, excuse to have a bunch of boxes fall on Kersey to jump yeah, out of the well, way. Well, Kersey's able to duck out of the way, and shoots him uh, like twice more and he falls out and as Jiver's starting to like wiggle on the ground he looks up and he sees Kersey's face Kersey sees Jiver's face we get a little flashback of Jiver waving the knife at Kersey they kind of did that with the other guy a yeah. little bit too but and this one's way more pronounced way more pronounced and all Kersey just says goodbye and then blows him away killing Jiver it's and really weird that they do that because like all of us were there during this assault know. we know these guys we don't have to be shown that I know I don't get why they're them. doing that either to drive it home for your audience that yeah. they clearly think is like, stupid. I get like if like the scene was like Kersey actually had to watch these guys brutalize his uh, housekeeper and daughter. And then like you see him and maybe the guy's begging for his life and like like his daughter like him his face while he's like hurting his daughter and shit pops up. Then it's like and then he goes goodbye and blows him away. Then you kind of get that because that's kind of like the oh the rage is boiling up. But well, like a trauma just, re- yeah like a and then that's what's like, yeah. like fuck you and shoot him. Yeah. But no. That, yeah, I, I didn't get that either. I think that's what they're going for, but mm-hmm. it's like, mm, it missed. Um, There's a lot of things that this movie falls short on. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, as the police arrive, Mechowitz wants uh, answers from uh, the uh, guy who was shot in the leg, uh, the the male victim. And those are our next clip. Let me get this straight. Some guy pops up out of nowhere. He starts shooting, and you and your wife don't know what he looks like. That guy saved our lives, damn it. 
Where the hell were you guys? Giving out parking tickets? Hold them. All right, ladies. Hey, Ben, over here. What did he look like? He was a... Uh, he was a very good citizen, that's what he was. He was a killer. Now, you want to stay here forever? Why is that way? You're vital witnesses. Now, don't play games with me. You both saw him. Now, I want the description. It's 21. Blonde? With a club foot. Funny, from where I was, he was a large black man with a red beard. Now, you let these guys get me to the hospital, or I'm going to give the press interviews you won't believe. Hey, you know what we got here, don't you? A goddamn vigilante. My wife goes to May's class. Would you believe that? The police commissioner's wife at May's class learning to spray attackers. Now, you tell me there's a vigilante out there. God, the lid's only just kept down as it is. I can just see all kinds of tannic citizens taking to the streets if this gets out. They'll knock off anyone with long hair or tacky clothes. I think that I can find them. If we even start an investigation, the press will hear of it. I learned half of what goes on in my own force from the newspapers. Tell me, wasn't there a vigilante in, in, uh, in Boston about five years ago? New York. New York, right. Get on to them. See how they handled it. It stopped there. Well, what about this report? You've, uh... Well, I know. The Los Angeles police has asked for advice on their vigilante situation. But, uh, there's something else you should know, sir. Paul Kersey now lives in Los Angeles. You suggesting that Kersey's out there killing again? Paul Kersey was an interesting man, so I kept a loose tab on him. He worked in Chicago for a while, where he met an old friend of his who ran a radio station in L.A. And, uh, he transferred his business out there. But that doesn't mean that he's the Los Angeles vigilante. No, sir. But Christ, what if he is? Yes, sir. If he is, and if he's caught, the trail leads straight back to us. We had him and we didn't prosecute. A damn good reason. Street crime was down 50%. Muggers were afraid to go out in the streets. Never mind that, Commissioner. We know we'd have a martyr on our hands if we brought him to trial. But the fact is, we let him go. If he's caught now, he'll tell the world we let him go. I'd be disbarred. It'd be the end of your career, Mr. Commissioner. And you, Inspector would not collect your pension. And I retired this year. Well, it's quite simple. We have to get him before they get him. We? You. Well, uh, I could go to Los Angeles in answer to their request, and uh, I'll try to find out if Kersey is up to his old tricks again. And if he is, I'll try to stop him, quietly. Kill him. <laughs> this time they're like, kill him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm back. so not happy about having him back. And as corrupt as ever. Yeah. Uh, and they even just come up with a lame excuse for him to be a sneezy detective all over again. I know. He sneezed. I mean, he's sneezing left and right, whether it's allergies or other stupid shit. Yeah. Like, this is where I'm like, okay, guys, you're really trying too hard to make a thing. My, my next line. Well, Ochia visits LA. And of course, he has a cold. <laughs> yeah. He caught it on the plane, yeah. apparently, is what he says. Well, anyway, he meets up with a friend of his who's a newspaper reporter. Porter and get some Kersey info from him, like story about the attack and more his likely house. this guy was the one that was keeping an eye on Kersey for him. Probably that too. I'm just saying he's a newspaper guy though. That's what he yeah. is. He's not a I don't he, know if he's a friend, but he's an acquaintance. Yeah. Or at least somebody maybe you know he drops juicy tidbits about cop stories, shit like that, though. Yeah, who knows? Uh and then he goes over um he trades info uh with uh the uh lieutenant here in LA. However, he's holding back crucial info and the lieutenant can even kind of tell that he's holding back. He, he says, you wouldn't be holding out on me, would you? It's one cop to another. No, would I do that to you? Yeah, all of this stuff is just feeling like padding to me, too. Like, this detective has no reason to really come here other than he was in the other movie. Gotta let's, ma- let's gotta make him, him in. You gotta get this movie to an hour and 30 minutes somehow. Well, the theatrical cut is like an 88, cool 88 minutes, and that's it. Yeah. That's because, like, three or four minutes that we cut out was all rape scene. 
Oh, God, Jesus. Everything else they had to pat out when they lost the rape scene. Well, Inspector Sneezy visits Jerry. Uh, and he doesn't just visit he, her. He, he breaks, breaks into, into her, her yeah, apartment. Yeah, I was going to say, by breaking in. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and uh, says, it's okay, I'm a cop. And it's like, fuck you. First of all, you're out of your jurisdiction. Yeah, that's a New York badge, you asshole. Secondly, I'm calling the police. You have no right to just break in. Fuck you. Yeah. Anyway. Actually, I, I would shoot first and then say, why are you a cop in my house? Exactly. <laughs> um, Inspector Sneezy informs her of the nine dead muggers in New York and that her uh, boyfriend was the killer <laughs> um, and that he wants her, he wants him to stop, to stop the killing and he wants her help doing it. So I, it, it's like he wants her to talk to him for it. Yeah, he's trying to play the tactic of if uh, this woman can talk him out of it, then I don't have to kill so him. And... one thing I'll say about Oshia, I don't think he wants to kill her at all. No, he's at least that much of a nice guy where he doesn't well, want to kill somebody when he doesn't it? have to. Out of all the cops here, except for Markowitz, who's just kind of an asshole, uh, he's the least corrupt out of all the officials, like especially <laughs> the New York official, because yeah. he was just kind of, everyone was just like, he wanted to bring Kersey in and arrest him, and it was his commissioner at the time and the mayor who were like, no, we can't arrest him. You know, that's given the city a martyr. It was their idea to just send him away. Yeah, and now they're trying to do a cover-up by yeah. having Ocha come out here and kill him. Yeah, Ocha. Ocha. Yeah. That's how you say his name, Ocha. Okay, sure, whatever. Uh, well, we're gonna go with that. I fucking hate this guy. I'm so glad we don't have to really? deal with him after this movie. Oh, dude, he kind of redeems himself. We'll get there. We'll yeah, get there. Yeah, no, we'll he doesn't. There. He actually falls for Ace, if you ask me. How? Okay, well, we're, we're gonna get to that. That's really <laughs> fucking interesting. I can't wait. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, Jerry confronts Kersey, and that is our next clip. Paul, where have you been? Oh, it's just that. Well, out where? Who's with a friend? A man. What man? Calm down. Where do you think I've been? Killing muggers. You're crazy. A New York cop broke into my place tonight. Not that, uh, what the hell's his name, Frank Ochoa. Well, he said he talked to you once. He asked me not to kill muggers. He told me that. Yes, that's true. That you killed muggers? No, that he asked me not to. Why would he ask you not to if you weren't doing it in the first place? Listen, when a policeman finds a killer, what does he do? They arrest him. Well, he did seem a bit odd. Not only odd, the guy is crazy. It's that simple. He had a moment in his life when he was uh, somebody. He was in charge of the vigilante killings in New York. He was all over the newspapers, the television, asked a lot of questions. And the most important question they asked him was, who is the vigilante? And you found the vigilante, and of course he hadn't. And me, I was one on a long list of people who had family killed by the muggers. For all I know, he might have accused every one of them. But he became such a damn pest that I left New York. But I'll be damned if I leave Los Angeles. I'm not gonna let him come between you and me. I thought things had. What? Come between us. Hell no. Stay the night. I love how he deceives her by telling her the truth in a light that makes it seem like the detective is just crazy and, yeah. and or framing him. A madman. It's beautiful. Then, you gotta respect that level of lays, gaslight. Then he just lays down some good loving and she just forgets about it all. Well, anyway, uh, Inspector Sneezy is being fucking weird and watching this as the light goes out. So, thanks for being creepy, fuck. Mm-hmm. At least he's not watching like through the window. He just sees the light go out. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Gina can't uh, hang out the next night. Uh, she has things she has to do and um, 
I don't know. Reporter stuff. It's reporter stuff. She's got to be an investigative reporter. She's a woman with a career, all right? She's a career woman. Yeah. <laughs> she's a womanist. We were proud of her for it. And so was Kersey, because he's fucking, he's lib like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Ocha asks his reporter friend use his car to stay parked in front of the house. Kersey sees Ocha's car. I think he realizes it's Ocha's car. And he leaves through a different, well, he leaves through still the regular door, and he just starts walking. No, it's the side door in the kitchen. Is it the side? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Ocha, being a somewhat good inspector, um, knows this is what Kersey's going to do. Yeah, he's and, a good detective. He knows yeah. what he's doing when it comes to that. He drives his reporter friend's car and follows Kersey. Um, what a shit bag of a fucking car that is, too. Yeah, right? Oh, fucking horrible. Kersey, while walking, finds Nirvana. Uh, the three remaining guys that are the left. The three remaining guys who are left. One being Nirvana. One being Nirvana, and he's a little bit more important because he seems to be kind of the leader of everyone. So because he's the biggest, they have to listen to him. Probably. Yeah. Uh, after some cat and mouse walking around in which we see like Kersey following the three, the three get on a bus that Kersey gets on, uh, all the while harassing a nurse, just trying to go to work, being super rapey with a nurse yes. while she's trying to get to work. And Kersey just lets it go because this isn't the opportune time to get to kill. Well, them. I think if they would have like actually physically violently, like really started going after it, I think Kersey would have got up and shot them all three dead. And I just walked so. off the bus. I think he's completely dead inside and it's all about getting the opportune time to get away with murdering them. I disagree. He is a serial killer. He's not a vigilante anymore. I believe he's still a vigilante serial killer. I believe he would have killed to save that nurse. Nah. Because he loves... Well, we're not saying he's sociopath. saying he's a serial killer. I don't know. Fuck it. I still think he would have done it. So anyway... <laughs> well, he does uh, want to get away with it too, so yeah. he has. He well, can't do it out in the open like that. While all this is happening... Uh, while, while all this is happening, um, Ochia keeps trying to follow in like a cab. Then he has to get a cab and they tell the cab driver to follow the, the, well, he, the he bus. He commandeers a car first. Yeah. Then when Kersey switches buses, <laughs> just, he, it's he fucking, calls a it's cab. It's a mess. But this seems like a heavy amount of padding too to just be following those three. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I, I'm just, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so then we get to this location where they're meant to go and the three walk into this kind of almost like a park, right? Like a, Yeah, there's like a monument or something yeah. like that that they're walking down towards, but it's empty at night, which is why they're going there at night. Well, anyway, Kersey's checking out and it looks like the three are in the middle of a gun deal with another man. And it looks like that because he has a, yes. a trunk load it of guns. It is a gun deal. Yeah. Um, anyway, as Kersey's coming up, he doesn't see, but Ochia following does see. Police are actually scamming this as well, this uh, this gun deal going down. And one of the snipers for the cops, are these cops? No, that sniper wasn't a cop. Or, there yeah, weren't there cops were, around. These weren't cops. The sniper was one of the bad guys oh, at the gun deal. I think the gun right. deal guys were going to okay. either double See, cross. I, for some reason, thought they were cops, and I was like, why wasn't a bigger deal made of that? I, for some reason, thought they were police officers on a sting. No. And that, and that fucking Ochia shot one of them. I was like, I wonder why no one made a bigger deal out of that. All right, it makes a little more sense now. So, okay, there are two guys watching the deal, one on the ground and a sniper up in the trees, kind of just making sure the deal goes down without any problem. Yeah, and Paul is so bent on vengeance, he doesn't yeah. notice it, but Ochia does Ochia see the does guy. See it, the, and Ochia yeah. takes out the sniper in the tree, and... Well, he hollers, watch out, then the guy takes a shot at, at Paul. Does Paul shoot him? I thought Ochia shoots that guy. Well, Ochia screams, watch out, whenever the sniper is scanning with the yeah, flashlight, but and Paul Ochia, doesn't notice it. Ochia kills the sniper, and then they get into a shootout, and I think Paul shoots the other guy on the ground and then they get a shootout with the rest but are horribly outgunned and Ochia takes some really bad shots by uh, a Uzi an, an Uzi no way wasn't yeah, that a was like, an fucking Uzi. assault rifle that no, they hit him with the one guy Uzi. had an Uzi and yeah. then he went with the 
assault any, rifle after you emptied the UC. That's right. Into, into Ocha. Ocha. And, okay, where does Ocha redeem himself here? Well, I thought by saving Paul, because he could have just let Paul get murdered there, and then it's all done. So you thought he went against the cops to save Paul, and that's where you thought he redeemed himself? Yeah, I thought he, well, and also he redeemed himself by, and then, well, okay, we're going to get to another area here. Okay, go Hold ahead. On. Go ahead. That's so anyway, fine. then. So we're not at the point yet. We're not we're at the point okay. yet. But he got sprayed full of bullets, but he's still holding on is where yeah. we're at. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the shootout continues. Paul gets uh, a couple more good shots where he completely kills uh, Rapey LaForge. Kills him pretty good and dead. He shoots him through the boombox. He was yeah. trying to use the yeah, boombox as the a boom shield. shield. They shoot right through the boombox and into his face. Yep. Um, and they do the little flashback as the guy lays there dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he shoots up uh, Cutter and he, he's still alive, but he shoots him up pretty good. And then while the other guy who was selling the guns gets in a car and starts to drive away, Kersey shoots him in the head, killing he, him. He takes a couple shots yeah. to get to him in the car, but he does kill him and but the guy Nirvana crashes the car. is able to get away. Yes. Uh, anyway. Got free, not a single shot on Nirvana. Yeah. He he hit out while everybody else was taking all the bullets. He, well, after he unloaded on Ochia and then took out an M16 and unloaded that. But after every... The other guy had the M16. Well, that, after everyone else died, that's when Nirvana ran away because yeah. no one else was there to help him. And one-on-one, he's fucking coward. So As are most criminals. Yes. Um. So then uh, Paul runs over to Ochia and says, why'd you, you know, why'd you stick your neck out for me of old people? You know, why'd you do that? And he said, I'd rather you than them. And then he tells him, you know, did he get them all? He goes, one got away. And he goes, well, go kill the bastard. And then he died. Mm -hmm. So he redeems himself. How is that redeeming himself? Because he's sticking up for Paul. He Dude. wants revenge for himself because the guy that shot him got away. I don't think he knows that the guy who shot him got away. He just has to be got them all. Yeah. And plus he helped Paul because instantly if he did his one job that he was supposed to do there, he just would have let the sniper kill Paul and walk away and just get into a cab and leave and never come back. I don't think that redeems him though. It's just him making a choice between it would only redeem him if he had first decided to let Paul die and was walking away and then so you're saying he was never that low to begin with to, mm, they needed redemption of all the cops in the last movie and all the all the authority yeah. figures in the last movie he was the only one that was redeemable he only really compromises himself when he's told he has to let it go but I mean it's a fucking commissioner and the mayor what's he gonna do yeah right so he just kind of goes with it and becomes corrupt even here he doesn't do anything too bad yeah and I mean he's looking for the vigilante but that's his fucking job he's got to take out the vigilante and stop yeah. him from doing the killing but then the decision of the higher ups I don't really think that he really had anything he needed to necessarily be Redeem redeemed for, for? All right. and I also don't think that this action redeems him for anything anyway oh, okay it's more or less like he's got a choice between the lesser of two evils and he at least has a fighting chance of him and Paul take these guys on and then he can take out Paul yeah <laughs> but they get him instead this whole subplot of the detective coming out to LA is completely wasted it and just, useless yeah lose it for you it's just it, it really taints the movie this time around watching it for me we'll get into it more when we do the final thoughts but okay. I, I mean my biggest complaint of the film I didn't get it either stuff. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you on okay. that either we get the police are there at the scene now the, the LA cop they take Ochia and he goes that you I knew he even said I knew that guy was holding out on me you know look yeah. at his dead body apparently the cab driver split and called it in after he left when yeah. Ocha ran down there because he knew shit was about to go yes. down when the guy said there may be gunfire just stay don't, don't worry it's target it's practice part, yeah. Yeah. it's like come on dude <laughs> so anyway um, Cutter is still alive just holding on by a thread and he the lieutenant pulls his you're not going anywhere it even grabs his wound to get info Do you notice he goes, he's not just grabbing the wound he's shoving a gun into it yeah and he goes I want you to tell me who killed the cop yeah. and he said Nirvana Nirvana killed the cop and then he, he squeezes him a little bit yeah. more until he says Charles Wilson Charles Wilson yeah. he goes alright and then he goes alright now we gotta hurry and get him in and then he flops down and there's another one of the rapists is dead and all but one is and left it, yeah and it's really the, 
the 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 paramedic. We gotta hurry. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty corny. Yeah, that I mean that was corny. But like like in a good way, corny. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I was like, ah, this man is gonna die. Will you please stop? And then he lets him go. Come on, let's go. Never anyway. mind. Jesus Christ. Technically, that lieutenant's guilty of murder. He's technically, yeah, he very much is. That makes two injured people who he's actively stopped from going to the hospital just so he can interrogate them. Yeah, yeah. that's like really against the law, isn't it? Like yeah. highly, like a violation. There's a reason of- why the LA cops are the most hated police force on the planet. I mean, that is fucked up, man. I don't know if they're the most the most hated police force in the United States. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I completely realize that with Trump probably picking our next Supreme Court justice, we're going to lose Miranda rights anyway. But I mean, back then they were still there, right? Uh, in theory, but that didn't stop pigs like this from doing what he did. Damn. But you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm becoming disillusioned, Deuce. I don't know if I've been listening to you too much or listening to too much of the news, but starting to have a real problem. I'm going to say Chinese menu, a little column A, a little column Probably, a. yeah. Uh, now we come to the next day, and uh, Kersey's, uh once again visiting the radio station, once again showing the model again. The modeling again. Yeah. And then he stops by, he started talking to some of the guys, and, they, and he sees all these kind of converted radio into police scanner. Right. And he goes, what are these? He goes, oh, and he goes, these are, they're better than scanners because they like pick up more of the chatter, like the, the secret chatter. Cause they're, like, they're modified radios that yeah. pick up the police bands and have the dials like, for the it. The actual yeah. police, like, like, you know, police scanners don't pick up like the ones they don't want you to hear. Like, you know, when they're like talking to tactical unit, TAC is what the most important one. Right. And he goes, do you have an extra one of those? And he goes, yeah, you know, the, he gives them an older one. He and goes, he feigns just because he's interested in the idea of being able to hear yeah. this stuff and it's kind of cool technology. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, hey, let's face it, Kersey is an older gentleman and that's kind of what they did for fun back then. Yeah, that and, and ham radios. Yeah, right. Shit, my dad listened to those scanner bands all the time when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Just my my grandma had go- one. Just old- to know what was going on in your town. Yeah, my grandma had one and she lived in a fucking, not even an incorporated town in fucking Wisconsin. It was a small fucking dairy farm community. I think she had hers more for weather related shit because yeah. not only was it a police scanner, it would double as a, you know, weather, weather alert. Yeah. If weather turned to shit, she'd hear it. Yeah. Um. So, but he tells them even what station the tactical one is on, you know, because that's the most interesting one you want to listen to. So, thanks. So now, Kersey has a way of finding Nirvana. When are you, the police are you saying that this uh, radio room thing where he goes to talk to these guys is a plot contrivance to help him find Nirvana easier? I mean, it might help further the plot along. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm saying. It's a contrivance. Yeah. It, yeah. You're, you're not wrong. If, you're, you're, <laughs> if that's what you were saying, you're That is what wrong. I'm saying. I will put it this way. If you were agreeing with me, you were never wrong. <laughs> As the police look for Nirvana, Paul is listening in his dirt motel uh, and uh, dressed ready to go. Um, and they hears on the scanner that they have found him. So Kersey gets in there um, into the building he's in. He is jacked up. Nirvana is jacked up, man. He is fucking gone, uh, but on drug. You can just tell. He is you fucking You actually can overhear him when he's walking with the two ladies back yeah, to the room. Yeah. They're getting ready to do some PCP or some yes, shit like that. and he's that. already high on PCP, by the way. Yeah. He's getting ready to put more PCP on top PCP. So Nirvana becomes kind of like an unstoppable machine, and fucking, he, he cuts Paul pretty good on the arm area. Well, he comes storming out of the place yeah. with the lady, like he was going to stab her or some shit, because uh, he's flying and he's crazy, and he throws the girl into Paul to yeah. get him out of the way, and I think he stabs him by accident and cuts yeah. his arm at the same time, because he's trying to get the girl, but the yeah, but Kersey just, blocks it yeah, with his arm. Yeah, he's just flailing about. Yeah. And, of course, he gets outside, and it's middle of the day, so it's not like this is at night, so Paul can't even get outside, 
because he knows cops are already out there. Right. Um, so the cops are chasing down Nirvana, and Nirvana is just going through cops like no man's business. He stabs the fuck out of he one of them. He stabs the fuck out of a few of them, actually. Yeah. And then, and, and then others are like beating him with clubs, and he's throwing them off because PCP is no fucking joke, man. They shoot him with a fucking taser, and it does nothing. He yeah. rips the taser out and throws it back at the guy. Yeah. And then, like, five cops are beating him with billy clubs, and he throws them kind of off. Yeah. And then it finally is like they get enough cops on him, and they still start beating him. That at one he point he doesn't even have the knife anymore, but he's hitting them like he's stabbing them, like he still thinks yes, he's holding on to the exactly, knife. Exactly, he's fucking crazy. He's fucking gone. Yeah. Um, that scene was insane. Yes, he is. But he gets caught. Kersey gets home, and he doesn't really—he's not able to heal the cut. He washes it and gets dressed in a suit and meet Gina in the hallway of his house. And he goes, "Hey, you ready to go out? Because it, it was their dinner night that Friday night. They were going to go out." Yeah, but even though he's dripping blood left yes. and right. Yeah. He's dripping it on the floor. And he's like, hey, uh, how, uh, you still got to get ready. Uh, what do you think? About an hour? She goes, yeah, that's fine. He goes, okay, I'll see you in an hour. Get Gives me time out. to super glue my arm back together. <laughs> yeah, because he's fucking just pouring blood out of his arm. Yeah. So, but uh, he, he gets gets away with that one. The double life is starting to catch up with me, Pally. Hey, Pally. I'm bleeding out here. Hey, lady, can you go maybe go get ready for dinner? I'm bleeding out. Um, so then we hear uh, Nirvana's court date and then some more dialogue in our next clip. Prosecution has presented only circumstantial evidence that Charles Wilson was the person that shot and killed Detective Frank Ochoa on the night of May 14th. It is proven that the defendant attacked several police officers on May 15th. But psychiatric testimony indicates that he was under the influence of PCP, a mind-altering drug. Charles I. Wilson was remanded to the McLaren State Hospital until such time as the medical examining board finds him fit to resume his place in society. And I suppose this is the Dr. Clark that's going to turn him into a little angel, hmm? Would a normal prison do any better? Keep him from killing somebody else for a while. This all the stuff that's going into your article? When's it come out? Well, I've got a couple more sessions at the hospital. It's due to go in the July issue. You really believe all this? Yes, I do. And you might, too, if you hurt Clark. You think he could swing me over? Well, if you met him, you might learn something. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. All right, so Kersey uses his in with his uh, uh, girlfriend here. Uh, in he uses her liberalism against her because he's acting like he wants to give the doctor a fair shake yeah. to sway his mind. Exactly, which is so fucking hostile and brutal to do. Oh, big time! And Kersey, kind of my hero. <laughs> Kersey visits this hospital, and lo and behold, steals and makes a copy of a hospital ID. Back when that was easier to do. Yes. Um. Then we see um. At that night we see him working on badges like he has a few copies of this so he keeps trying we don't need no stinking badges yes and if he screws up he has to start all over again so he's a shit ton of once again more evidence on. he leaves behind by throwing all the stuff into yeah. the trash can and missing yes and or and it's a small trash can so it can only really hold like four or five wrinkled up papers and yeah. he's got like ten of them so it's overflowing anyway yeah. and they actually do show where he whites everything out and then makes the photocopy to make the ID badge yes. and all that like, yeah. like he's really being meticulous about so 19 then- 70s slash 80s style yeah. ID faking. The next day, Kirsty is taking uh, his woman out for some, uh, seems like a lunch or maybe an early dinner. Still very bright out. It's some type of Asian restaurant too, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And uh, while there, he orders some Dom Perignon and then asks her to marry him, in which she says yes. Yeah, so. And did you notice when she got all excited, she grabbed his injured arm? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
he winces and goes, oh, okay, okay, you're, hey, spilling, you're spilling my wine. the Dom Perignon. <laughs> it's about three hundred dollars a drop. You just cost me thirty dollars. <laughs> it's thirty dollars a drop. You just cost me about three hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, they are. Uh, she is very happy. Uh, then we have some more. Well, don't you know that every career woman just wants to trade in everything for an MRS mat? Damn, Jesus Christ! <laughs> that's I what do the movie know that. That's what this movie's trying to teach you, Matt. I didn't think so. I thought it's because Percy supports her career, <laughs> so she wants to be with someone who supports her career. <laughs> you can drop the her career part, and she just needs to be with someone who supports her. That's true. That's what this movie's trying to show you. Yes. <laughs> um, we see some more uh, badge making montage, and he finally gets it right. <laughs> After we we get like a pile yes. of all of these that he's fucked up. Yeah. Um, Percy then heads to the facility where Nirvana is being held, and he talks his way past security to get in because he's not on the list, but he's able to you know kind of browbeat not even browbeat but kind of like almost appeal to the the average man worker of the security guard going say hey come on man I, when i just have to Did come you back down the here later guard? i i know i've seen him before you i just, just can't peg where yeah i just can't i but i know i've seen him everywhere well it's halloween laurie everyone's entitled to a yes, little scare thank you yes <laughs> he's the sheriff from the original from halloween. halloween yes he's annie's dad yes <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> it was bugging me forever it, and it clicked with me today and uh, i just went motherfucker he's the sheriff from halloween because while reading this i'm like fuck i was gonna google that i'm gonna google that after the show's done tonight <laughs> unless court tells me who it is and i go i'm pretty sure court's just gonna tell me who it is right so there you go that's good to know he uh, even uses some of the same facial expressions yeah, while he's a lot talking of them. to kersey yeah a lot that's of that's why i it clicked i mean with that's me. why i was like where have i seen this asshole yeah, before? i watched the movie last night and it bugged me all day before we recorded so yeah. <laughs> and i well, didn't anyway, bother looking it up it just clicked you know he goes uh charles you know you gotta get a visitor and he brings him out and Kersey has his back to him so he can't he doesn't recognize him <laughs> Kersey's being what we in the business like to call very conspicuous yes <laughs> Kersey uh, gets him into a room and we have a nice little fight scene uh, however Nirvana seemed to have already been working on his get out plan because he had a knife already stashed away a scalpel, on him yeah. yeah a scalpel he stabs Kersey like what like how many times he I got I counted like four or the, six the technical term is fuckload yeah fuckload <laughs> he stabs he, him in the chest he, and shoulder a fuckload of he times. He stabs him a, a metric fuck, fuck ton. Of, yeah, yeah, metric metric fuck ton of time. Um, But then Kersey is able to get the upper hand, throws him into, what the fuck did he throw him into to get that? Oh, what it, was is the, that? it was the back in the days when they used to use the electroshock. Yeah. And he doesn't throw him into it. He, he throws him up against it. The guy yeah. throws a punch and misses him. Yes, right. And then puts his arm through one of the gauges. Yes. Then Kersey just turns on the switch. That's yeah, But I just couldn't tell what that fucking yeah. thing was. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not fucking sadistic like you and look that shit up on the internet. Well, he actually says it when he takes the guy into the room. He tells him what it is. I guess you yeah. just missed that part. I must have missed that because, yeah. I, there I'm was like, no way to know without him telling you that. Yeah. You had to have but missed it. It must have. Uh, he threw the, but like you said, he threw the punch and he um, pretty much electrocutes himself and Nirvana is now dead. Kersey sits down in a chair, bleeding, beaten up. The guard comes in, checks on uh, uh, Nirvana. You know, sees he's dead. And that actually leads to our final clip. He raped and killed my daughter. I read about it. I'll give you three minutes till I ring the alarm. You're wasting time. To open the door, you punch out uh, three six hundred. That's right. 
You can even hear it in the guy's voice there now, yeah. now that you know they yes. share a bracket. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I just, yeah, it's just fucking, like, the minute you said it, I go, yes, that's who it is. Um, Jerry heads to Paul, and uh, Paul had actually given Jerry another key to the new lock. So she lets herself in, and as she's hearing a news report about Nirvana's death, she finds the hospital badges that Paul had been trying to make. Uh, she is very affected by this. Because she now knows that Paul has been lying to her the entire time. And even used her He's, in fact, part a of murderer, it. yeah. She takes off the ring that he gave her and leaves it on top of the one of the hospital beds. So anyway, we come to the building. It's finally going to be built and they're having a party for it. Uh, it's not even like the building has been built yet. It's just, you know, they've agreed to the plot and all that. So it's yeah. like they're having a little victory party for that. As the owner of the radio station talking to him and uh, he goes, oh, my wife wants to throw a party once the building's being completed and she really wants you to be there. And he smiles. Paul smiles. He goes, hey, what else would I be doing? And then it fades out. We we see a building at night and the vigilante shadow comes over it and then we hear shooting roll credits. All right, now I do have some quibbles about the movie, uh-huh. but overall, I still really like the film. It's just that watching it now with a more critical eye, it's a lot harder to sit back and just enjoy it because you are going to nitpick. You're going to look at individual pieces. Yeah. And this is a heavily padded movie. Heavily padded. But that's to be expected in a canon film. When you're just watching it for enjoyment, there's no way. I, I, I found that watching the movies, same movies I've watched, like any of the movies that since starting the show, I've watched again, uh-huh. uh, and, and it's a second time I'm watching or a third time or even that, mm-hmm. I've noticed padding <laughs> than I've ever noticed it. And now it's starting to bleed over into my regular life. Yeah. I'm starting to get a little bothered by it. Yeah. And I try to now if I'm just going to watch a movie and I, it's not for the show, I try to like not watch it like that. Yeah. It's hard. And I've, most of the time I could do it. But now it's like, fuck, I remember watching Death Wish 2 and going, man, this is actually packed. Fuck yeah. Kill those assholes, Paul. And I'm sitting there like, really got to walk around for another five fucking minutes. What are you guys doing? Yeah. Well, the main part of this is most of the budget went to hiring Charles Bronson to come back. Yeah. He took the bulk of the budget. Oh, I'm sure. Like, no, I'm serious. Like, 98% of the budget went to paying him just to be in the fucking movie. Jesus. The leftover of the peanuts of, I mean, I'm being a little, like, you know, yeah. a little but over I get what you mean. A lot of like, it. Oh, yeah. shit. Like, let's say the budget was like $7 million. Yeah. Five of that went to Paul Kerr's. Damn. Him just getting him back in the movie. Like, it was that much money, ridiculous amount of money. Belly. And the, the star nut. The rest of the movies are kind of the same thing where it's like all of the money went to here's let's just back up this dump truck onto Bronson's lawn yeah and get him back into it and then we'll make the movie so all the stuff that's padding in there all the pieces that were like it's a lot of walking around like, all that think, kind of stuff you ever think Bronson run the, read the script and goes calls up the director goes holy shit Pali I must be the worst goddamn dad in the world <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily the case but the padding and the, the stuff that's kind of like just set there to put the film to a, a respectable running time of like 88 slash 91 minutes depending upon which version of this you watch it's clearly there just to get it out to that theatrical length more I think if you trimmed a lot of this stuff down you would have a good lean say 78 minute movie but it'd be pretty action packed yeah it would be pretty much non-stop yeah and it really takes him a long time to get moving to find these guys well it's like that whole first night thing where he just walked the street and he sat there like I made the excuse he was casing it yeah but it wasn't needed no you could have lost a good portion of that but it's 
because yeah. they paid him an exorbitant fee to be in the movie that they had yeah. to find a way to get the movie out the 90 minutes I personally would have rather seen more of the love story than him walking around like, where like he's trying to balance the two lives yeah because they put I, a lot of weight on this relationship with the woman that's going to be his wife and what he's giving up to get his revenge uh-huh. in this movie but they don't really show you too much of them actually falling in love they just kind of I would ham-fistedly throw it in there because Michael Winter doesn't know how to do that kind yeah. of stuff because yeah I, I agree with you throw away Ochia throw away all even throw away the LA cops you know you have cops investigating the murders but don't make any of the cops main characters and in fact just have them balance the killing between make almost make Jerry the cop only it's their relationship he's trying to keep so well she's in because she's an investigative journalist maybe she's investigating these crimes as you know a journalist okay I got it all right yeah she knows that there was a vigilante killer in New York about the time that Paul leaves yeah because she suspects Paul and she loves him so she's the one that contacts Ocha she, no, hang on, hang okay. on. She contacts Ocha. He comes out on his own. Sure, fine. Bring mm-hmm. him in there. Right. Okay. But he's coming out because he doesn't know that she's dating Paul Kersey. She's just contacting the detective that was in charge of the vigilante case because she thinks that vigilante, because they just disappeared, moved to another city. Mm-hmm. And she actually does an investigative reporting and follows him from Chicago to LA, yeah. but doesn't tie it together because she's got blinders on for Paul. And then the two detectives start talking. The one guy, You can have a guy from LA following him. The guy that's torturing the people isn't in it enough to where he's padding out the film I don't think yeah it's true I think he's in there just enough you know the thing that really pads it out is uh, the I know him as Peter Neal from Tenebrae but I that's that's a character not the mm-hmm. actor but the actor who plays the police commissioner like yeah. all of that stuff that you turned into a clip that had him in it that could have all been lost too but yeah. the thing that I liked is where she's the, I like that idea where she's doing the investigative hoarding mm-hmm. but like, like she's the one that's actually tying all these together and she brings the police together on this as long as she gets the exclusive she, they, she shows all the work that she's done and then it ends up being tied to Paul and rather than turn Paul in she abandons the relationship and runs when she finds out that it is Paul with that medical badge thing you know and then it all kind of comes together and the detective never knows who she's dating the entire time Uh, it's way too fucking convenient for all of this stuff to just end up happening the way that it does and here's how I would put it I would take all cops out of this you know I know they're going to be cops investigating but they're not the main focus but she's like wow you know there's set of you know because she is an investigative journalist and she's already reporting on crime wow, now there's crime on criminals and, and she starts a whole investigative piece all the while dating Paul and because she'll talk shop because, you know, what do you do at the end of the day? You talk to the, you know, your your spouse or your partner about what you did at work and so she's giving all this information about, you know, the murder so he knows exactly what the police know because she's finding out and she knows what she knows and at the very end when she finally has to come to grips that he is the vigilante, that's definitely why she ends the engagement because she knows that he's someone used her throughout the entire time to gain information. Yeah, I think if we kind of meld our two ideas yeah. together, that, you make a pretty solid movie on that. Yeah, and you have you have a lot more relationship dynamic, and you are not wasting Jill Ireland, and you're not wasting yeah. that whole relationship. Even though it's clear she got shoehorned into the movie because that was one of Bronson's demands that she got put in the movie. Oh yeah, I mean nice. like it's way more obvious. You don't even have to look that up to know it. It's pretty obvious that that's why she got put yeah. in there when you yeah. know that that's you his know, wife. Yeah, I mean it's not that she doesn't do an excellent job. And she it's does not a that great she's job, a good, acting. good actress. Yeah. yeah, it's just that that role clearly got shoehorned in there. It mm-hmm. wasn't that Paul Kersey needed But it should have been a way more important yeah, that I, role. I think they diminished her too much because I honestly don't think Michael Winter knows how to direct a woman he isn't having her be brutalized for whatever reason. Mm, piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> right. Okay, so as much as I want to gripe and complain about the movie, the violence is over the top and amazing. Yes. Whenever he's gunning people down in this one, this is the revenge plot that everybody remembers. Yes. And I think that they kind of mashed at least the first two movies together mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. because we really start going off the rails and going different after three and four. Yeah, right. Like three is my absolute favorite of them. That's why I wanted to make sure I got the odd ones. <laughs> I sacrificed and took the bullet to do five and just I so love, I could talk three. I love four because <laughs> it is so cartoony by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking insane. And, that, and I just wanted, I told you I wanted to do four. Yes. Four is my favorite just because it's so fucking out there that yeah. it's, it's fun to talk yeah. about. And I don't, I don't hate this movie, but for me, it's kind of a road stop on the way to three because that's my absolute favorite. Now, here's the thing. I don't remember. Th- oh, you're going to have a the, good time with yeah, three. So yeah. this is going to be a treat for me yeah. with three because yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. But I mean, I don't want to talk too much down I just about knew, two. Yeah. I knew two out of all of them. Yeah. Even the ones I have not seen. Like I haven't seen five and I haven't seen three. Yeah. But I always know this because I've talked to people who've seen this whole franchise. Two was the most brutal for the attacks. And the most memorable all yeah, around. And yeah. the most memorable that you're going to watch because it's the most memorable because he has the most memorable lines and it's most memorable because it's really the bad guys who you really, really, really want to see get fucked, fucked up because of what they did. Yeah. This second one, they didn't throw a lot of money around it. It was clearly just a quick cash grab just yeah. to see what would happen to make a sequel. That's what Golan and Globus they, did. They wanted to see films. if they had a franchise on their hands. Maybe. And they got a good enough response that they started going a little more over the top with three. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I mean, I'm excited for yeah. this. All right. So anything else you want to say about the movie before nope. we move on? We nope. still got some feedback to get through. Yeah, so. let's get some feedback, man. All right. Let's take another break here. We'll play a promo for one more podcast. We'll have a little bit more music from Death Wish 2. When we come back, we'll have some more feedback. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. (laughs) The truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's gotta go. (laughs) That's gotta go in there. So on the show... Uh, We talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard or Jeffrey or Simon. That's right. We have four people and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow.
Your Honor, I'd like to submit into evidence this track of Jimmy Page bending one note over and over again. I'll allow it. With a lame-ass fucking synth drum beat. I object! <laughs> to the fact that it was able to be scored in such a manner for this Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Hire an actual fucking orchestral score for the Maybe money that you're going to pay Jimmy Page. No, come on. Hey, Jimmy Page overcharged them. them. Uh, yeah. yeah. However much they paid him, it was too much, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what wasn't too much, Matt? What wasn't too much? Time for incoming we have just enough time for incoming mail. All right. Okay, we got two emails. Uh, one of them came in just as we were starting to record, and then the other one came in the next day. Uh, technically, one of them was through Messenger, but uh, I'm just going to call it an email. What the fuck? And then we have yeah. one message that came in literally minutes before you got here. Minutes. <laughs> minutes before you got here, and I got it done just in time to be able to record. So we're going to do the first email here. This is from our buddy RJ from overseas. Hey, Court, it's RJ. Congratulations on 150 episodes. Episodes. I first listened to your podcast whilst decorating my bedroom, and now the tones of you and Matt have fused into my bedroom walls with paste and paint in some weird fucking way. In his bedroom, too. Yeah. Nice. That's where the magic happens, RJ. We're there with right now, RJ. I'm right there with you. You can hear us. And you look into your lover's eyes. <laughs> only hear our voices. Oh, and picture Matt's face. That mm. plank is coming for you. Yeah. It's coming. I've right. had seven dicks inside of me. Mm. I'm taking another dick. It's coming up right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> this creeped me out thinking of you coming up behind anybody. That's really fucking creepy. I do not like it at all. I'm taking another dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to RJ's sexy, sexy email of us yeah, in his bedroom. Yeah, we're in the bedroom now. What are we doing in there, RJ? Uh, the highlight so far has to be the garbage people crossover with Hail Ming, and he says, hilarious. Yeah, that's probably one of our favorite things that we've ever done. Yeah, yeah, that was... <laughs> That was shit a shit of fun. ton of fun. Yeah, we got as many people involved in it as we could. We tried yeah. to get all of Legion Podcast Network involved, but it was just kind of hard to coordinate, but it was a shitload of fun to do. It was so much fun. Also, a big thanks for making me feel like some kind of serial killer every time I, I'm alternatively photoshopping you and Matt's head. <laughs> well, that's on you. We don't yeah. make you do we that. We don't make you do that. Yeah. But... Take some personal responsibility, RJ. Yeah. And besides, if you feel like a serial killer while you're doing it, maybe you're not going to really be able to put that on us. Yeah. I mean, well, your feelings are your own. Yeah. And if you're masturbating while you're doing it, I mean, don't feel guilty. We're okay with that. We're fine with it, man. Yeah. Whatever you're doing in that bedroom with our voices in your head, you just do it. As long as it's with consenting adults. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Only consenting adults. Yes. I feel like I should be wearing rubber gloves and a mask, and I'm sure Darren Wilson feels the same. Yeah. Who says Darren isn't wearing rubber gloves and a mask? When he's making the alternative photography? Well, he that, does that on his iPad. Anytime. Yeah. He's probably Jello be offering it yeah. at any point in time. Oh, yeah. The rubber gloves. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just keep doing what you're doing. It is a fantastic show. Big man crush hugs and love, RJ. And then he gave us this smiley face emoji with hearts and everything. Nice. Yeah, thank you it's very better much, better than RJ. a poop emoji. Yeah, well, that's pretty much all our show deserves. Yeah. All right, so we've got one more email, one more voicemail. The voicemail is approximately four minutes, so everybody strap in. Here we go. Greetings to Quartz, Mats, the bots, and all the denizens of PSYOP Labs. I mentioned the bots because I don't think I've ever heard them get any love in the feedback, so shout out to the bots. This is Ryan from Abnormal State Theater, which hopefully will return to podcast feeds sometime before the end of this year. Unfortunately, I managed to grossly underestimate the chaos of transitioning from bachelorhood to being married with a kid, plus some other complications I won't get into here. 
Um, the end result basically is I haven't been able to do much of anything podcast related as I get this house sorted out. I mean, I haven't even been able to steal enough time to throw a show together and sneak out into my car to record and uh, sweat my manhood off in the process. The only reason I have peace and quiet enough to record this short message is the fact that my wife and daughter went down south to visit relatives for a few days, and they left me here to work on the house some more and do cat sitting. Uh, Basically, we have two cats, a tortoise shell who has designs on world domination, and our orange tabby, who is essentially a feline version of the dude from the Big Lebowski. Yeah, he has catnip issues. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like... uh your opinion, man. Although he is fun to watch movies with. But enough about me. Holy shnikes, guys. Three years and no sign of slowing down. You've constantly kept things fresh, gone in new directions with movie stack Jenga and couples therapy, and continued to unearth movies that I've otherwise never heard of, like uh, Horror House on Highway 5, which I've watched more times than I care to admit, and it still constantly defies my efforts to make sense of it. And Black Dynamite, which should just go ahead and be included on all future box set releases of the Dolomite series. I mean, it is a perfect modern-day back-engineering of what made those movies so great. And the podcast is still as funny and irreverent as ever. I honestly think that the theme music for year four should be the Turn the Friggin' Frogs gay mix, or whatever you guys want to call it. Honestly, when I listened to the Nurse Sherry episode, I thought that it was the new theme music, and I'm like, you know what? I could get used to this. It's also been fascinating to watch Matt grow as a film critic, from basically slagging anything he didn't like in the early days, to now being able to dissect the movie's strengths and weaknesses, and make an intelligent assessment while still masquerading as a boorish troglodyte. I recall hearing at the end of the Death Wish show from last week that Matt was having some heart issues. Now, while I don't know anyone with a spare available, I may still be able to help. You see, about five years ago, I had surgery to upgrade my defibrillator pacemaker device, but I was able to keep the old device after they took it out and cleaned all the bits of me off of it. And since then, it's been displayed sort of Tony Stark style in a little case on my wall. But if it would help, I could probably hook you up with it, uh, provided you supply your own car battery and jumper cables to get it started again. You forgot to I say. I forgot to say clear or a small supply of plutonium or a lightning rod, something that could give you a little kick of 1.21 gigawatts or so. Wait, God! What? What the hell is a gigawatt? But seriously, Matt, if you think you're developing heart trouble, please get it checked out. I mean, if you punched your ticket, who's court going to abuse for the next three years? In any case, guys, congratulations on three years of one of the best movie podcasts out there. Thanks for all the free funny, and keep up the good work. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well!
Wow, that was incredible. That was awesome. Yeah. I will have you all know that the very next day after we recorded the Death Wish podcast, I did go to the doctor's office yeah. in an emergency room visit and had an EKG done and blood work and x-rays done and everything's fine. Yeah, so your heart's in the clear. And, and for all the, those three tests, yeah, my blood pressure's still pretty out of control and I got to get that under control. But yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, my chest pain was probably a pulled muscle or something. But yeah, I actually... Yeah. Uh, I was I, thinking I, it was a panic attack because you've had those before I've had those. Yeah, yeah. And I, well, and what happened was uh, last uh, last weekend when I was uh, mowing my lawn, I felt a, a pinch in my chest and then a, a continued tightness. And then I started to get real dizzy last week. Like uh, even while we were recording last week, I uh-huh. kind of got quiet towards the end because the room started spinning on me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I was trying to just maintain and not pass out. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that it got bad enough that I was like, I better get checked out. I just thought you were done and you wanted to be done with the show for the night. <laughs> nope. Nope. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a, it was a scary time and I'm a, I'm somewhat of a hypochondriac anyway. So oh, when, yeah. when, yeah. when I think thing, our listeners know that because yeah. you've, you've kind of made that relatively clear. When one thing kind of goes wrong, I, my brain instantly goes to, well, that's it. I'm going to die now. And, oh, Liza, it's, it's a big one. I'm going to well, be yeah, with you soon, and you know what? It was never like that until I had a family and then, you know, you have something you actually are scared to lose, yeah. you know, like you're dropping character. You realize this. Right? I know. I know. Uh, back when I was uh, just a single guy, I, I never was a hypochondriac because I didn't care if I died. I didn't leave anything behind. Oh, I knew you back then. Yeah, yeah. you were you were a monster I to yourself. I, I didn't I didn't really give a shit if I died. It's you would eat a hamburger out of a filthy toilet back well, then. Maybe not, but I'd probably take a beer out of one. So, <laughs> uh, no, but I'm fine uh, as, as far as that goes. Yeah. I'm not I'm not dying, so I'm feeling better. And all that was on on top of me just getting off steroid pills for a strange fucking thing I had all over myself. So all the hives and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had I've had an interesting last couple you weeks. You broke out in Gorch Rot. They just couldn't identify Pretty much, it. Yeah, <laughs> something <laughs> happened. I don't know. I've had an interesting last couple of weeks, medically yeah. wise. That yeah. was enough to uh, towards the end of last week just fucking push me into a, a fucking almost panic. Yeah. So. And I've had panic attacks before, and that's why I thought like when I when I heard that like you were having the issue. Yeah. Like because I didn't hear about it until a couple of days later. Whenever Bev said that. Yeah. Like shortly, it wasn't that same night that you got taken to the emergency room. It was like the next day, wasn't it? Yeah, I went. Yeah, I went during the day, and it wasn't an emergency room. It was like an urgent care type thing. Yeah. Uh, what, what happened was I was just going to call the doctor and see a regular appointment. Yeah. And my wife was making uh, the appointment for me, and when they gave the nurse all my symptoms, and my uh-huh. nurse checked my medical history and saw my blood pressure stuff, uh, they demanded I go in right away. Yeah. So I went in right away into a nurse care, and yeah. they checked me out. Yeah, and then you know tested me out, hooked me up, shit, and everything came back normal. My blood test came back normal. So, but the high blood pressure runs in your family too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's something. It's always funny. My hypochondriac shit always worries about getting cancer or some shit like that. Uh-huh. When every male member of my family usually that had high blood pressure is dropped dead, like not even like died slowly, but literally has been walking down the street just fine, laughing, and has dropped literally dead from an aneurysm caused by high blood pressure or just their heart fucking exploded. Oh wow. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why. Just to pull heart back, disease. <laughs> just one of the reasons to pull back. There's heart disease in my family. As well, so I mean that's part of the reason why I've been so urgently trying to drop weight like I have. Same here. I've been trying to drop weight yeah. too because yeah, it's just and, and trying to go to the gym and yeah. and work my heart out a bit more just because yeah, I'm just fucking. I'm not to drop character too much. I'm not too ready to go yet. You know, <laughs> I'm uh I'm down a full XL in oh, my yeah. shirt size. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I went down a full pant size, so I felt pretty good about that. Well, the pant size thing has never really changed for me because yeah. I wear all mine right around the gut. Like yeah. it's all just this big belly. Yeah. But it finally is shrunk up enough to where you I can wear a smaller shirt. Where our a ton of a, a tonnage ton of, of our weight goes yeah. into our belly. We look 
like, we look like beach balls on yeah, toothpicks. Which is which is <laughs> the worst place to carry your weight. Yeah, it's particularly for men. Yeah, yeah. But we're so, both we're both working on it, and we're you're trying to. I'm uncomfortable right now talking normal because I'm getting all itchy about like fucking <laughs> like not having an act on. Yeah, fucking shit. You well, know, I mean, we can afford to drop it a we little bit. We can drop it. The, I mean, yeah. you know, with these, it's been three years. Fuck well, it. And we we why joke. Should, why should you know what I'm about death doorstep? We joke about the things that give us anxiety, like our yeah, health. But it's it the is only something way to that, get through it, man. Yeah, and it's something that you and I have both talked about seriously that we got to keep doing I mean, it. That's not why just I was for, making uh, those jokes last week yeah. during the show is to, to get try to th- yeah. fucking loosen myself up or else I was yeah. going to fucking jump out of my skin. I think once you got up and got moving around out of the room, though, you seemed much better. I did. Yeah. I, uh, I I started to get my equilibrium back, so I didn't know. I don't fucking... I think it was all in my head. And like I think I got the spins a little bit, probably because I caffeined up too late. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think then my head just takes over. Like, my fucking uh, anxiety takes over, and then it amplifies everything. Once it gets a hold of you, I know I suffer from panic attacks and yeah. anxiety issues myself. So once it gets a hold of you, man, it doesn't let go and it just makes it worse. Cause then you're like, well, what if I am just freaking out? And then you start freaking out that maybe you're just freaking out. Oh my God. And it just, it spirals from there. It's the fucking worst. Yeah. And I have some tricks that I've used to calm myself down. Like for instance, I'll murder a lot of people and then I'll feel better. God, I, I was just going to tell you to smoke a big bowl of weed. <laughs> whatever you gotta do, buddy, whatever you gotta do. Well, what I have to do right now is read our next email. Yes, right. <laughs> I right, just then. got real with you people. Yeah, well, let's get back into character. You ready? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I love alcohol. <laughs> All right, this is from our boy Ricky from Hail Ming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so Ricky sent this to me. He thought he was sending it in time for the 150, but apparently, I guess he didn't hit the send button from what he told me. And so he just sent it to me now. So this, is, oh, this was meant for our 150. He's so. one of those. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe he just sent it late and he was making an excuse because he felt bad. Either way, Ricky, we That's still- That's what I would do with my homework assignments. <laughs> yeah, you have done that. Yeah, I'd have. And other, either way, Ricky, we still love you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, guys, just wanted to say congrats on the ridiculous amount of incredible content you guys crank out weekly. That is so very sweet, especially coming from a guy who does Hail Ming. Right? Yeah. Like he's and the, Hail Ming, man, they're not garbage people. They're so much better than us. <laughs> he's the driving force behind that show. And the new House of Wax that he's been doing, uh-huh. W-H-A-C-K, as in to whack with an axe. Oh. Wax. Like whack off. He, it's about similar, yeah. Whack on, whack off. That's not what it's for, though. Oh, that? Because he's covering, like, Italian and, oh, and okay. like, horror films, like, horror films, all the stuff that he knows. Oh, I you said horror. I thought you were going to say Italian porn films. I'm like, that's exactly what I mean, then. <laughs> that stuff we'll be covering soon. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's it means a lot for you to say that, Ricky. Thank you very much. Uh, he says, I know the amount of prep and post work that goes into what you guys put together. He really does, because he does the same amount of work, which totally goes unnoticed, which is true. <laughs> Yeah. But I am always impressed by the professionalism of Cinema P. I don't know if I like shortening psyops to P. P. Yeah. They sound like we're doing it's a, a bathroom different, code. So it sounds like it's a different kind of show. Yeah. Hey, which cinemas do you pee in? And how do you do it? Right. If not, you go to this cinema, do the wide stance, you get a little something extra. Not only that, but the friendship that has grown from the early days of just seeing each other's shows names popping up and a friendly hello to court being involved in some Hail Ming experiment to the, in parentheses, he wrote mock garbage people debate. Yes, folks, we were fooling you. To actually having me on the show 
show and having a blast. Yeah, I guess the cat's kind of out of the bag for people who didn't already yeah, know. We were I think fucking it was, around. It was pretty obvious yeah. that we were just fucking around. None of us are that good of actors. Yeah. It's kind of a tried and true podcast thing that I wanted to do because it's something that Cinema Diabolica and Outside the Cinema did ages ago. Yeah. And then Outside the Cinema has done that before with the Trick or Treat radio guys because they did Wednesday Night Wars so they did the whole like mock wrestling trash talk oh, to each yeah, other. Oh yeah, that's right. And they even had a thing where they actually had a guest come in and he was like they had Al Goro show up on one of the Wednesday Night Wars and he was going to be like their ringer to come in and beat the ass of all of the oh yeah for yeah, the yeah. reviews and stuff yeah. like that. So I mean like the Podcast Wars thing is like it's kind of a traditional thing and I'm such a podcasting fucking nerd that I love doing that stuff because I've seen other podcasts have done it so I love the crossovers. I love the the you know the crossovers the, are just fun for everybody. Yeah and the story you know the story everyone gets their names out there everyone you know helps out yeah, you know yeah and, and then it's just fun to do yeah, and I know that the whole battle thing kind of made you know the guys from Hailming a little uncomfortable at first because I mean they were they were supposed to be the faces and we were supposed to be the heels but yeah, it turned but we ended up being the underdogs because we were being looked down upon for being garbage and it kind of won us a lot more love I think well because if you I mean you know no offense because I love them but all our fans are garbage people just <laughs> like us Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, that's so different. I'm a garbage person. So I, I mean, it's just, they didn't think that they didn't think there were more people like us out there. We're, we're all a little bit of outcasts in our own special ways. We're, we, we're, this is kind of the Island members, of Misfit yeah, Toys. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing, but yeah. you beat me to it. We're all members of the Island of Misfits Toys yeah. is what I'm about to say. Yeah. So yeah, we, we all fit in there perfectly. And oh, I got an extra toe. <laughs> becoming friends. In my drawer. Becoming friends with Ricky and passing um, ideas and tips back and forth and bouncing ideas off of each other and everything everything like that. It's one of my favorite things about well, becoming a podcaster and I can't wait to get Ricky back on the show, pure and, and simple. And I haven't got to do it in a while, but in the early days, I was doing a lot of, uh, was doing crossover episodes with other podcasts and I love doing those because it's always well, nice. guest appearances. Guest that's appearances. Yeah, yeah that, doing that. Yeah. Because then you always inject, like if anybody's guesting on our show or we're guesting on other people's shows, then you inject a little bit of you know, their show into ours and then, or we're injecting a little bit of our show into theirs yeah. and, it's just, and it makes it up. It's always yeah. fun. It's a lot of fun to do that. I think you should just start doing some of the commentary shows that are out there. That's the easiest thing in the world for you to do. I should. Because I need you to get a have more reliable computer. It's yeah. just all that it takes right yeah, now. Yeah, definitely. My, my laptop now is uh, on desk doorstep. <laughs> That's because you keep selling it for crack. Well, listen, crack's cheap, and so is my laptop. <laughs> so <laughs> It's a match made in heaven. Yeah, pretty much. We have a little bit of love left of uh, Ricky's right. email here. We're stepping all over it. Sorry, right Ricky. Uh, always funny, always intelligent, always persistent about quality. This is Cinema P, and my allegiance is with you. Garbage people for life. Take care of my friends. Okay, I don't know if we're always funny. I'm pretty sure we're never intelligent. Yeah, I'm about to say. I am definitely persistent You're about quality. You're very persistent in quality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's a fact. And we're, we're glad to definitely have you aboard, and we're glad that uh, we don't have to do the fake fighting anymore. And if anybody actually was duped by that and thought that was some real shit, please no. contact us. We want to know we're done if with, you fell for it. Yeah, we're done with the fake fighting. Now we can get the very real lovemaking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Ricky says about that, don't you? What's that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the very, very real love fest that'll be going on with the Hail Ming boys and the Cinema P guys. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what that is. That's you goggling cock. Is that what that is? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Goblin. Goblin. <laughs>
Gurgly. Yeah. 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 Whatever it is, Ricky's into it, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to clear out our feedback now. Uh, we will take any more that you want to come in and send for the next episode around so you can help us celebrate with our third year rolling into an end and moving into our fourth year. We do greatly appreciate it. But uh, we'd like to wrap up the show now. We're not going to do news this time around because we've already gone a lot longer than what I was planning. That's for sure. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So we're going to take one last break here. We will play one more promo for one of my other podcasts because I'm a shameless self-promoter. And we'll have a little bit of music from Death Wish 2. This is a podcast you legitimately love, of course. (laughs) At least one third of it because I'm on it. (laughs) (laughs) And when we come back, we'll have some more music from Death Wish 2 that Jimmy Page fucked up. There is no spoon. Yes, there it is. Okay, okay. Can we just talk about the damn movie? Danger, danger. High voltage. When we touch. When we kiss. The flying guillotine is an awesome weapon. It's not practical. It's not even aerodynamic. But it's awesome. Chaps, could we possibly just talk about the movie? Easy Rider is cool. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy Rider's cool. If you consider they're doing thousands of miles in the desert and they have fuel tanks the size of a pea. You'll get three miles out of that. Oh, not to mention one of them. One of the tanks is full of money. A cool bullshit. Okay, okay. Can we just talk about the damn movie? Obsessive Cinema Discourse. Where podcast worlds collide. isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's the fucking worst. <laughs> if I were a hipster, I would listen to this ironically all day. <laughs> yes. Do you secretly love it because you're a fucking hipster? Uh, no. And I will you thank you things. not to ever mention that and, again. And you love things that are fucking terrible. Just because I'm growing out my beard doesn't mean I'm a hipster. And just because I love things that are fucking terrible doesn't mean that I'm a hipster either. <laughs> but the fact that you tell us all you love the burst does make you a hipster. <laughs> no, because I'm not loving things ironically. I legitimately love the stupid shit that I love. <laughs> I know that it's stupid, but I love it anyway. I, I think don't we care. got lost here in this argument. Yeah. Well, there's an important thing that we need to talk about. What's that? We're going to need some more equipment soon. We got some stuff that's dying on us. We got some oh. equipment that needs to get paid off. Oh, shit. We're running out of the money to be able to do this kind of stuff, and some of the debts are being called in. Uh-oh. Yeah, so I got to pay off some shit, and I got to buy some shit. Leg breaking time? Not necessarily that bad. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> the credit card companies don't break legs. They just keep compounding <laughs> interest. <laughs> they, just, they just keep fucking calling me on my phone. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, it's not that bad, but what I'd like to do is be able to buy some new equipment and just kind of fix some things up. So the best way for you to help us out for that, you can support the show while you sport the show. Ah, you like that? Yeah. We have a Teespring store where you can buy not one, but two different designs for a Cinema PsyOps t-shirt or tote bag. Could be worn. Long sleeve t-shirt. Weddings. Sweatshirt. Or mitzvahs. My amazing wife, who is 
unimpeachable when it comes to graphic design did both of these designs for us. They look great. One of them is the album Very artwork talented. that would pop up in your iTunes when you download the episode, yep. which can be cut up and turned into a back patch for your battle vest, which I'm going to do. Yeah. The other one is sort of a banner style design that would be like a typical logo where the skull's in the center and then Cinema Psyops across the top. Then the bottom definitely says, because physical wounds heal, the cinematic ones don't. So our show logo and all of that stuff together there. You can find this at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash cinema dash psyops. Now, we just had a campaign that ended and while we got some sales and thank you very much for everybody that is supporting the show while they support the show. Yes. We greatly appreciate that. It's not enough to get us where we need to be to replace some of this stuff and this equipment. So please kindly, if you would like to get some more merch or anybody out there is actually interested in any of our stuff, we've had a few people that are interested in this. Please check out that teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash cinema dash psyops pick up some stuff and once you get your shirts after you've ordered them post some photos of the group man we want to see what it looks like you got a cousin you hate who invited you to their stupid fucking wedding and you're annoyed wear it there (laughs) (laughs) great yeah and if you have some design ideas for some t-shirts or some other things that you'd like to have uh, that I can make up hit me up on Facebook you can find me court psyops you can message me there you can email me feedback cinema psyops court at gmail.com and tell me about some of the various uh, ideas that you have for a shirt that you'd like or a tote bag or coffee mug or some shit like that. Baby onesie. <laughs> wow. Shit, if Teespring will do it, I'll fucking do it. I don't put, care. Put it on a baby. Yeah. You can email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com and let him know just how well he has grown as a film reviewer. Oh, I've grown all right. <laughs> Not in the places that count, only in the places that'll kill you. <laughs> It's true. You've made it short in the long places and my, long in the short places. My heart grew five sizes today. <laughs> Only they were too small. And you can find our show on the main feed, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops. You can also twit a couple of tweets to a couple of twats. I'm at court underscore psyop and he is at psyop Matt. You can tweet us there to let us know feedback for shirts, what you'd like to see or what have you for some merchandise. And then also, if you want to tweet us photos of you wearing the cinema psyop shirts after you've picked them up, Please feel free to. We greatly appreciate it. Hashtag PSYOP merch. <laughs> I was thinking about doing like garbage people for life and stuff like yeah. that with like the Cinema PSYOPs logo yeah. and things like that. I mean, if people are interested in it, I'll do that as well. I, yeah. I don't care. I'll sell you my mama's dentures if you want them for money. I Fuck. need to pay this shit off. Fucking A, man. <laughs> Fucking A. Listen, we could probably sell people like for body parts, don't you think? We could do that. I might as well sell some of the clones that way. They ain't doing much yeah, else. I was about to say, they're just kind of sitting there. Yeah. All right, folks. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to episode 151 like my favorite Bacardi rum. Ah, tasty. Drink the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch.
Cursey. That's what I say. Cursey. What did I say? <laughs> I meant to say Cursey. So anyway. <laughs> well, hey, that's how our president plays it. It's totally fancy. I only grab the most crystals of pussies. <laughs> I, I think know. that's a clip, that's, but I don't know how that works. That's got to be a clip somehow, but I do. Uh, <laughs> sure, can't get the unrated of Nurse Sheila, but I can certainly get the unrated of Death Wish fucking 2. There isn't a Nurse Sheila. Oh, it's Nurse Sherry. Nurse Sherry, whatever. <laughs> Couldn't give me the unrated part of that. <laughs> The Me Too movement has made me feel like everybody's a fucking scumbag. Yeah, right? Including you. <laughs> no, if anything, it's made me feel better about myself, which is really That's weird. That's bad. That's bad. That's real bad. Those people are really bad people. <laughs> it's totally bad. Yeah, if a mad scientist who is all about anarchy and uh, destroying the world just for his own evil pleasure thinks you've done bad things, yeah. you're a real prick. Listen, listen. I once almost blew up the entire planet, but you guys are taking it too far. <laughs> You're way worse than me. If I kill everyone, it'll be in the blink of an eye. They won't suffer, damn it. <laughs> Only the people that kind of survive it will, but I'm not concerned about that. That's like 1%. We don't even worry about those people. They don't worry about us. Anyway. Yeah, that's about how young I was when I caught this. Young oh. enough to actually think that was Cowboy Curtis. On, yeah, on Playboy's we figured Play. out what the fuck's yeah, wrong with you. From yeah. Playhouse. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You gonna be alright? Yeah. It was all blurred out, so clearly it had no damage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, clearly. I'm looking around the room, clearly. <laughs> Clearly, where you're fine. Well, they can't see what's in the room. They no, don't know they don't know, here. but trust me, it's bad. Anyway. <laughs> what, so I have the room painted up with rockabilly flames? There's signatures and memorabilia for horror movies everywhere. <laughs> what's so horrible about that? Well, I like to end up bait. <laughs> that ties the room together. <laughs> I thought the mouse pad that was the rug from the Big Lebowski <laughs> ties the room together. No, it's not actual rug. Stand up bass now. <laughs> Stand up bass is God. Anyway. <laughs> Look at you appealing to my better nature, trying to get out of doing more notes. <laughs> no, no, trust me. I know I'm never getting out of doing more notes. If anything, you're going to get more notes yeah, as right. time goes on. I know. Michael Winter's a piece of shit. Yep, big time piece of shit. You're a piece of shit, Michael Winter, and I don't even fucking care. He's dead. He doesn't care no, he's, he's dead? Oh, he's been dead for a while. Enjoy your stay in hell, prick. <laughs> I know I know about 98.9, and I'm probably lowballing it percent of our listeners don't believe in he heaven or hell, but fuck it. Oh, I'm sure we have plenty of Christian listeners. Do you? Yeah, I'm sure we do. Okay. Hi, guys. They're Christian like you are, where it's a in-name-only kind of thing. You're Yay, non practicing Jesus. <laughs> You just don't want to feel like you're going to go to hell when you die. I practice. I just don't flaunt it in everyone's face like a fucking prick. <laughs> When's the last time you actually went to any kind of service or confession? You really, are, is this really what we're going to talk about now? Well, it's a hell of a lot better than talking about rape scenes and fucking how much well, I hate Michael Winter. I'm just Well, curious. now we're fucking done with the rape scenes. We get going. We can get on to the vengeance porn. Now, answer the fucking question. When's the last time you went? If you're a practicing, you actually have to go to a service. No, you don't. Oh, you, you gotta go to service. You don't? No. You don't have to go to confession? Nope. Nope. You can take care of all that on your deathbed. <laughs> Is that what you're angling for? Deathbed confession? Probably. You say it, you actually believe it. You're in the kingdom of heaven already. Is that why so many of you are just fucking assholes? Because you know you're going to get away with it as long as you get last rights? Probably some. I mean, I'm not a huge <laughs> asshole, but I'm a good person. Eh. <laughs> not a huge asshole. I'm a dick, but I'm not a huge dick. <laughs> well, certainly huge and dick has never been used to describe you in any way, shape, or form. That's probably correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done asking those questions. All Go right. back to the Jesus show. Jesus Christ, can we get back to the fucking show? Well, we got to have some kind of outtakes <laughs> for these people. They love those. Didn't know it was the Christian hour with Matt. No, I'm just curious how you feel that you're practicing when you never go to service. Well, I pray. As much as you want to laugh at that, I do. I pray. To a porcelain god? No. Sometimes yes, <laughs> but not all the time. No. <laughs> Please, God, don't let my wife be pregnant again. Please, God. <laughs> That's your style of prayer. I don't have to say that. I pull out. It's foolproof. <laughs> it's 
except for that one time. <laughs> and his name is blank. I'm going to cut wood so half of everything goes into the river. What a fucking idiot. What a shithead. Right, I'm, right. done, I'm done vetting about right. that. No, anyway. I'm not. Fucking. No, oh, okay. just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, they will murderize your ass in a very detail-oriented way. Now, you want to really piss off people with ADHD because they're just going to go fucking rage mode for about one minute then forget what they're raging about, go back to doing whatever the fuck they were going to do. You piss them off and then throw a squirrel at them. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, all the times you tell me Star Wars suck and I fucking rage for like a half a second that I lose interest. It does. You fucking asshole. Set yourself up for that. Ooh, my note. Okay. <laughs> No, I didn't think about that. You're right. She probably is concerned about it. I mean, he did just lose his daughter and all of that, so. Yeah. And a good housekeeper who will cook tamales for you is really fucking hard to find. Dude, really? <laughs> Ow. Wow. Oh, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you're an asshole. Don't I know that that works? If you get some seriously good deep dicking, you can make people forget anything if you're good at it. You do realize, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> I do realize what? Yeah, you, you kind of phrased that weird towards the beginning. You corrected it as you went. <laughs> <laughs> you lay down the right amount of pipe, you can make people forget See, that's anything. not what you said at first, so I'm just going to say. <laughs> I stand by what I said. <laughs> you made it sound like you were getting it. <laughs> but sometimes it's better to give than to receive. <laughs> And sometimes it's better to receive than give. Could it be International Woman's Day or is it one of those situations? For once you may have me pegged. <laughs> I still wince at that happy International <laughs> Women's I, Day. I know. And she's like, nope, nope, nope. I will put it this way. If you are agreeing with me, you are never wrong. <laughs> Even if I'm wrong. Is it because court runs barter town? Court runs all. Court. It's anarchy that I run. You can't run anarchy. How many times do you have to go through this? I like how you react more to that than me saying fuck Star Wars. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, everyone can have an opinion, but that's not an opinion. That is stating something that can't be. <laughs> I will show you someday how I can run anarchy. You can't run anarchy. It's not anarchy then. If you're <laughs> running it. Coming through both, Mike. Dylan. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> anyway. I still run anarchy. Nope. Oh, God, fucking shit. He's a fucking dog, hit bald head brick. <laughs> but I run it. You, you don't, you fucking don't. You can run Bartertown, you can't run anarchy. But Bartertown is a part of anarchy. No one fucking not. Not if somebody's running it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> My chest hurts for some reason. My left arm went numb. Take a breath. I'm probably fine. You're fine. It's fine. Hypochondriac. <laughs> fine. Take a bleeding out of my nose. <laughs> Happens. That I'm worried about you getting your fucking syphilis all over the table, so <laughs> dodge that flow. It's not syphilis. Just abuse cocaine, all right? I'm not gross. situations? For once you may have me pegged. <laughs>